Open on some pants and find a little weird I have to ask twice. Those sad tissues or happy tissues? Looks like I picked the wrong week to quit amphetamines. Are you sure this is legal? I don't know. It's fun though, isn't it? What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? No sports, no rock, no information. For mindless chatter, we're your station. Cowboy. The Mike Rutherford Show. Yeah, Mo, that team sure did suck last night. They just played sucked. I've seen teams suck before, but they were the suckiest bunch of sucks that ever sucked. Well, I'm packing up my game and I'ma head out west where real women come equipped with scripts and find a nest in the hills. Chill like Flint. All right. All right. All right. All right. Welcome, everybody. It is Wednesday, April 5th. This is the Mike Rutherford Show coming to you, as always, from the University of Louisville College of Business Studios. Visit business.louisville.edu to see what the UofL College of Business can do for you, including getting your MBA in just a year and feeling like you're being paid to do so in the process, business.louisville.edu. We're on the air today from 3 until 6 here in sunny Louisville, Kentucky on 1450 AM, 961 FM, streaming wherever you can stream shows. You know it says the big X. Mike Rutherford here with Justin Kalen, a.k.a. Scooter Dingus, filling in for Trevor Kelsey today. I'm excited about this. I'm, I'm pumped about it. Uh, TJ has already expressed some concern that you may not make it all three hours today, but I'm happy to have you in the building. It's your debut here at the Taylorsville studio. How are you feeling, Scoots? Yeah, I, I'm feeling good. I uh, It was one of those things, you know, that it was. it's three hours. It's, a, it's such a long three show. Three hours is a long show. So, but I've, I have had to put myself in the mindset of, I have a hotel job as my real job, <laughs> yeah. so... I've had to put myself in the mindset of, well, I could be at the hotel instead working, so I'll take my three hours of easy money radio with my brother. We're going to have fun. It's, it's going to be oh, a yeah. good time. The crazy thing, because I, I get that whenever I have somebody fill in with me or whenever I have anybody sit in with me, they sit down and they're like, three hours. My God. And it is like, like I, I get out of here every single day and it sounds like silly to complain about it. But you do get tired after talking for three hours, especially when you're trying to inflect and you're trying to be emotive and, and all this stuff. And it does get like I leave and like people want to talk to me. And I'm like, I, I just don't want to talk anymore. Yeah. I'm done. Like, you know, you go home. The kids are going crazy. You'll see people like my people have questions about UofL sports. I'm like, I just talked about it for three hours. I don't really want to. But when you're actually in the moment, you sit down. It goes by fast. It like does, yeah. every single day I come in here and I'm like, I don't know if I can do three hours. And then you realize, oh. The text line will help you out. Oh, there's yeah. always something. You'll get off on some tangent. Something will happen. I mean, yesterday I had no plan of talking about Keon Menafield and the transfer portal and the gloom and doom of UofL sports and history repeating itself, and that ends up being the last hour and a half of the show, at least until the text line drove uh, Gary into some 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 dark spaces, and <laughs> we ended up on Trump and, and crazy stuff for like an hour and a half, which was not uh, not ideal, but that's fine. we got lots to get to today. We're going to have fun. We do want to hear from you on the Thornton sex line at 502-414-1450, and a reminder Thornton's is hooking you up with not just the refreshing rewards app deals, but a great deal inside any one of the 76,212 area Thornton's locations. For a limited time only, you can get a 32-ounce fountain drink at any Thornton's location for just 89 cents, less than a buck for a 32-ounce drink. Not a bad deal. So download that refreshing rewards app, stop into an area Thornton's, and then text us at 502-414-1450. I got one on the way in. You get a gigantic drink. That gigantic is a, drink. That's a big old drink. Yeah. It's gonna last you all three it, hours. It's not soda though. I I wanted. I didn't want to channel my inner Trevor Kelsey, so I went with like a little vitamin water. Okay, which Trevor would never do. I didn't realize vitamin water was on tap. At oh yeah, they got everything and it's on the, tap. it's the good flavor too. 
We did. So a couple people asked um, this morning. I, podcast listeners were upset because the podcast didn't go up from yesterday's show. We're going to try to make uh, rectify that. It gets a little bit dicey when Trevor's gone because Trevor, like Trevor, he knows how to do certain things and he just won't tell anybody, which is it's smart. It's job security. It's the, it's the way that you do it. But um, it was not because the text line was mean to Trevor yesterday. People were like, is Trevor not putting the podcast? Because I said, you know, people were like, you know, Trevor, I don't, I don't want to know what what they were saying but they were like they're being mean to trevor and they were like is the what time plays today they've been rained out uh, that has been pushed to tomorrow they'll play a double header the first game is going to be at 505 which means we will have to be off the air at 430 so nick current can do it tomorrow which means uh, you'll hear me complaining about the smell and the, the the sights and the sounds which is fine can't wait always good radio oh people like that um but today i i wanted to we, we've got less to get to we're going to talk a little bit Louisville baseball falls on its face again last night i don't we had Sean Moth on on Monday to talk about the card struggles and whether or not it was time to sound the alarm. I know midweek games, you typically don't want to sound the alarm. For instance, we lost to Lipscomb last year and wound up being a super regional team, but losing to Lipscomb again on the heels of dropping back-to-back ACC series, uh, it just makes this weekend's series against Boston College, who's a top-10 team, that much more important than it already was. Um, we've got women's basketball news to get to, Jeff Walls. But the, the roster rebuild that Kenny Payne is in charge of right now, Walls may be facing a tougher, taller task. He certainly has more open scholarships, uh, and that list of, of roster holes grew today a little bit. Uh, we'll talk Masters tomorrow. I've got a, a question for Scoots that I want him to answer. I think it's a, it's a fun little hypothetical. Uh, he will try to talk Indiana basketball as much as he can. We will try to keep that from happening. We do have some Kentucky portal news as well to get to. But we start today with this. I, I, I do want to kind of go back a little bit to the, what wound up being the main topic of discussion yesterday. <clears throat> Only because the blow-up that I've seen, and, and, and blow-ups amongst the UofL men's basketball fan base specifically, have not been few and far between in recent, <laughs> in recent years. But Keon Menefield picks Arkansas yesterday in the middle of the show. And he's a guy that I think Louisville fans have targeted. He's a guy that I said... You know, when I, I found out that we were interested in him, when I found out that that interest so passionate about their, their their points that they can't really see what's going on here. On one hand, I get the, I hate using pro-KP and anti-KP as the descriptors here, but because I, th- I think that a lot of people that are critical of Kenny Payne are still pro-Kenny Payne. For instance, I feel like I've been fairly critical. I, I mean, Critical seems too harsh when you're talking about a team that just went four and twenty-eight. I feel like I've I, I've talked openly and honestly about this program for the last year, but I I'm pro Kenny Payne in the sense that I want him to succeed. I want Louisville to go forty and zero next season, win a national title. I want Kenny Payne to be the greatest coach who's ever coached in college basketball. But I'm not going to sit here and tell you that he is when we haven't seen evidence of that just yet. But if you've got the pro KP faction, if you want to call them that, the the, the 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 faction of people who believe that Kenny Payne can do no wrong. They're sitting here saying, you guys can't get all upset about every time a guy who has Louisville on his list says, I'm going elsewhere. You have to recognize, look, Kenny Payne, in a limited amount of time, was able to piece together a top five recruiting class, according to Rivals, for 2023. You've got, according to everybody who ranks this sort of thing, one of the best transfer portal players in America coming in in Sky Clark. You've got a five-star, high four-star big man in Dennis Evans coming in. You've got Trenton Flowers, who was a five-star at one time in his class, reclassifying, coming in and playing for you next year. And then you've got two kids. You kept Caleb Glenn. You got Curtis Williams, two guys who can be big-time college players at some point down the line. What more do you want? You can't freak out. There's a lot of time. There's a lot of players in the transfer portal. Everybody chill. 
And I get that. I don't think that that's wrong. But the lack of an understanding for why people might be freaking out is what I don't understand from that faction. Because, and I, I have to reiterate this, we had a lot of the same fears this time a year ago when this sort of thing continued to happen. And Louisville won four games. And so if you're somebody out there, you can't, if you're preaching patience right now, I hear you. But you also have to be a little bit more understanding of why Louisville fans might be a little bit antsy right now. Because history does feel like it's repeating itself a little bit. It may not. We may have two more players in the next three weeks. But for right now, when we're talking about, hey, we're on this guy's list. Hey, this guy just went elsewhere. Hey, why are we not on this guy's list? Why is the Davion McKnight thing falling apart? Why is, like, we just don't have the answers. And when the answer to those questions has been, you just have to trust KP, you just have to trust KP, it gives people flashbacks to what they heard all last summer when a lot of the same people who are saying, you've got to be patient, you've got to be patient, were saying, you've got to be patient, everything's fine. And people who were told, who, who were saying, I don't like the way the roster is shaking out right now, we're told that they were dumb and didn't know basketball and just wait and see. These big six, seven kids, they're all going to be able to play guards. We're going to play like Florida State. And then we watch that team be the worst in the history of Louisville basketball. So if you're sitting there saying, plenty of time, I get it. But you also, you can't just sit there and be like, I can't believe people are freaking out about this. I've got no idea. We just sat through the worst season that any of us have ever sat through. We just sat through a season where Louisville finished now, officially, season's over, 290th in Ken Palm. 316th in the net rankings. These are our lows that no power conference program, and I'm not just talking about historically successful power conference programs, but no power conference program, the Boston Colleges, the Washington States, the Cows, the Northwesterns of the world, should never, ever hit. They should never, ever get this bad. We were one spot ahead of Tennessee State and one spot behind Illinois State in the, the Ken Palm. We were worse in the net. We won four games. So if you're sitting there saying, I can't believe that people are freaking out about this, how can you not get it through your mind that people are on edge right now because we don't want to sit through another historically bad season? We are sick of being the laughing stock of college basketball. It's not cool to hear everybody make fun of your program. The self-deprecation can be fun for a little bit. You can enjoy making the jokes. You can, you, you can get into it. But at a certain point, you lose the ability to joke. I got there very quickly last year. I was like, I'm only making jokes because if not, I've got to face the fact that my soul is dying here and I'm seeing something that I love so much just completely fall by the wayside. So while I am saying we need to be a little bit patient here, we cannot freak out yet because there are a million players in the transfer portal and there, are there is still ample time left to get them. I'm also saying if you're freaking out a little bit, I understand that. There's definitely a part of me that is on edge when I see Keon Menefield saying, eh, thanks but no thanks, not even going to take a visit, don't really care what you have to offer, I'm going to go to Arkansas. When I see the, the Davion McKnight thing, which people were saying was a, a, an absolute lock, his family was saying it's an absolute lock, kind of fall apart. Uh, when I'm hearing rumors that Louisville's passing on some kids because they think they're going to get other kids, it all sounds a lot like what we were hearing last April. And then what the result of that season wound up being was a colossal failure. So, look, I get both sides. I'm trying to say calm down, but if you can't really help yourself, I get that too. Where are you at on the spectrum? Because I, I, if I was a Louisville fan, I think at this point in the offseason, I would feel a little better with this offseason than last. I do. It is. We, we had people pointing out the similarities between last year and this year. For instance, like, you know, Devin Reed becomes available late in the, in the game because his coach gets fired. And we snag, snag him up. 
Dennis Gates this year becomes available because Minnesota sucks and it's kind of a dumpster fire right now. Not that we are, but we swoop in and snag him up. We land Brandon Huntley Hatfield last year very quickly, high profile transfer, first guy that we're really targeting, and everyone says the floodgates are going to open. We land Scott Clark this year, first high profile transfer that we really target. People say the floodgates are going to open. The only big difference this season has been uh, landing Trenton Flowers, and also Gates is a much more well regarded prospect than Devin Ree was. Ree was a like bottom of the top 100 kid, whereas Gates is a, a five star according to a couple of scouting services. Ree so, didn't even play, did he? Ree did not play, and he is uh, he is now on his way elsewhere. Um, so I, I do feel better about what we've done so far. But there is this whole history repeating itself sense of, you know, it was bam, 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 right when the season ends. All that happened within 10 days of losing, uh, of Louisville losing to Boston College and seeing their season end. And last year it all kind of happened very fast again. And then just nothing else happened. And I think now that you're starting to see the same stuff happen in early April uh, and mid-April as a year ago where Louisville's linked to a lot of top players. We you know, we get invested in these kids. We start looking at film. We're like, this kid can do this. This kid can do that. Oh, he'd fit well with Sky Clark. And then he's not coming here. I think that people are understandably a little bit more frustrated. But I agree with you. I, I do think that we're off to a better start. I think there are more reasons to be optimistic, not just because the NCAA cloud is, is gone, which is, I know, the big thing that Kenny Payne and staff are, are preaching, but because hopefully they will have learned from their mistakes. I think they have to realize you can't win at a high level anymore without hitting it fairly big in the transfer portal. Um, and you know, there are all sorts of stories that, that, about last year, what happened, what didn't happen. I do think that they passed on a couple of kids early in the game who wanted to play here, who they would have taken if they'd known that they weren't going to be able to land some of the other players that they were targeting. And maybe you learn from that mistake. Maybe you do take a kid who you know, wouldn't have been a take a year ago but you take him now because you realize we may not, you know, we've got four, three scholarships available. We may not land three top tier, tier A, tier one transfer portal players. Is is it one of those things that you had a they had a sense of Louisville pride, like you, you don't want to stoop to a level so low, but then now realizing looking back what you did last season, you kind of want to just get as many players as you can at that point. But d- did they turn away players because they thought they were too good for them? Yes, I think. Okay. I think that's what happened. I think there were a, a couple of players who were very interested in playing for Louisville, who wound up going to to well-respected programs mm-hmm. and playing, you know, good, not great basketball this past year. But who would have helped us significantly? Who would who would have been, you know, not players that would have taken us from four wins to eighteen, nineteen wins, but would have would have helped you? Would have helped the yeah. culture. Eleven, twelve, <laughs> maybe. Maybe. maybe got Trevor a win in our bet. Maybe. Speaking of, I did see Noah <laughs> Farrakhan, the second best player on that EMU team, announced that he's entering the transfer portal. Is he uh, just now? So uh, I would take him in Indiana. Let, I'd take him at Louisville. <laughs> bring him on over. Maybe we can get that fifth win. Maybe we can we can right the wrongs of Trevor losing five hundred dollars. But I, I do think that you know I, I think you have to hope that the staff has kind of learned its lesson in that regard, or that they're doing more to go and ensure that they're not going to swing and miss on some of these top-tier players. I feel like they're going to be more elite players in the portal this year, just because, I mean, they're, they're already kind of are. And I know Louisville fans have immediately moved their attention, so Keon Menefield off the table now, going to Arkansas. But Louisville has officially, according to multiple reports, been in contact with Tyler Perry, uh, T-Y-L-O-R, not the, not, not the comic, uh, the 2023 Conference USA Player of the Year and recently named the MVP of the NIT from North Texas. Uh, he is the number two overall player on the athletics list of best available players currently in the transfer portal. Um, he 
shoots it very well from the outside. He's a fantastic catch-and-shoot guy. He's fantastic off the dribble. Uh, he he has ridiculous range, 41% three-point shooter. He can shoot it from the logo. Uh, he's a good passer. He's a good ball handler. He does everything well. He plays in that uh, that that. He played in that Grant McCaslin defense that was so good for North Texas. They do play at a glacial pace. They're very slow, but he's he's terrific defensively. Now, what I would caution Louisville fans from doing here is getting their hopes as high with this one as they were with Keon Minifield because there is a – it would make sense for him to follow his head coach to Texas Tech, right? Um McCaslin takes the job right after they lose, uh, right after they win the NIT. He takes the job at Texas Tech, replacing Mark Adams, who got fired. And there's a whole lot of buzz that Perry will come with him. Now he's he's been heard from a, a number of different schools, uh, including some schools that I think are are higher profile than Texas Tech. But the smart money is still always going to be on a coach who seemed to have a very good working relationship with his head coach to follow him elsewhere. But if you're interested in other programs that have officially reached out to Perry via John Rothstein, Missouri, Tennessee, Baylor, Arkansas again. Uh, Georgia Tech, Florida, Wake Forest, Cal. Get out of here, Cal. You know, we're, we're better than you at everything. Minnesota <laughs> and Boston College. So uh, he is highly sought after. He will be highly targeted. But Texas Tech, I would assume, is the school to beat here. So maybe you know, if, if he goes to Texas Tech in the next two days, let's not do this entire thing again where people are like, oh, I mean, I'll be sad. I'll be bummed because Tyler Perry is really, really good. But it's not like Louisville is considered the front runner here. If they land him, incredible. If they don't, this this shouldn't sting as much as, as Keon Menafield because there's no report out there that we are in some sort of position of power in this recruitment. But he's he's very good. Uh, are you in the mindset of there are recruits out there that you don't want? That's sure. kind of kind of going back to my point earlier. It's like if you're Louisville, I just feel like you need to get as anybody you can. I think that there are. I mean, I think that we're not in as much of a you know. It's certainly still a beggars can't be choosers uh, position right now. I mean, we won four games. I mean, you're year. not Indiana going getting guys off the street, but no, no, we're not. We're not. Although they won more games that's true <laughs> that year true. Than, than we did this past year. Um, I, I mean, if you are, I think if you're Kenny Payne, I get not wanting to compromise your your morals or what you stand for, the culture that you're trying to build, but at the same time, like you've got to get dudes. No, no. Having said that. A lot of people, myself included, were like, you've got to take Dior Johnson last year when he became available. It's a five-star kid. He's, he's decommitted from Oregon. Um, there was a report out there that basically was like, Louisville can have him if they want him. And Kenny Payne said, red flags, not taking him. He goes to Pitt. He gets arrested. He doesn't play the entire season. That, I mean, clearly whatever Kenny Payne did with his research there was, was, was well done. Um, he said he didn't want him on Bates. Now, Bates did get into a little bit of trouble, but was cleared of the charges up there, went up playing the full season for Eastern Michigan, who was bad, uh, better than Louisville by a win-loss record. But Bates, I, I think, maybe could have helped you. But if you felt, for whatever reason, like he wasn't going to be a fit, he was going to maybe derail some of the progress that you were hoping to make in year one, I can understand that. I mean, I think you need talented players. There's no question about it. But if you have a guy that you feel like is going to be too much of a head case, too much of a distraction, too much, like I get not wanting to take him. But what he's got to do is prove that it's 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 worth it. Like that the culture is going to work. That players are going to buy into it. Because the dangerous thing about starting over in year two is you can't really you can't make the same types of I hate to use the word excuses, but they do they did feel like excuses last year. You can't use the whole 
we're building from scratch here. We're, you know, we're, we're trying to install a culture. I don't care about winning and, and losing. I care about winning and learning. Like That's one thing. But then when you get rid of all the players from that team, it, it eliminates any sort of progress that you may have made on that front. So you don't get to do that all over in year two. You've got a lot of teams are in the same boat. A lot of teams will only bring back three or four players from much better teams. They'll have to bring in a nice mix of freshmen, JUCOs, transfer portal guys, and they have to make them a cohesive unit. You have to, I mean, it has to be a year-to-year culture deal. Some programs I know will have a, a nice nucleus that will stick around for two, three, four seasons, and they'll be able to pass down the culture to the, the few newcomers. But the position that we're in right now, you can't really do that. And for Kenny Payne, I know he probably wants to preach patience. I know he probably wants to say, look, we're still not where we should be. We're only If we win 10 or 12 games, you're going to see that, that culture really. This is Louisville. You cannot, you got to take a massive leap forward because last year was so bad. Uh, it, it's later than you think. If you don't produce a winning season this year, you probably aren't getting to year three. So if there's a guy out there that maybe you think is a little bit of a risk, you might have to take him now. Like, like that's, I think that's where you are. You don't think if he goes like, I don't know, 15, 17, he, he's coming back? I mean, th- these are the questions that, that we get every day. I, yeah. I, think there is a, I think there is a world where, because again, like, I'm, I'm not Josh Hurd. None of the other people talking on the radio are Josh Hurd. None of the people writing about this team are Josh Hurd. It's impossible to get into his head and know what his personal bar is. I think there's a world where if you win 15, 16 games this season, but it looks better. Like it, it, it looks like the the offense flows. Just it give lo- you more hope. Don't yeah. lose to Wright State. Don't lose to yeah, let's not lose to, to to Bellarmine and Wright State and App State and Lipscomb and have it not be surprising after a while. Let's beat some good teams on the schedule. Let's not lose ten games by twenty points or more. Let's show tangible pieces of evidence that this system can work. And also, like like I, I don't say this to be to be mean. Give us a sense of what the system is, because I've made this point a number of times. I still don't know the basic defensive principles that Kenny Payne wants to to live by. I know that he wants to be a man-to-man coach, but like we didn't do anything consistently last season on defense. We we never defended the high ball screen the same way. It was we didn't communicate ever. I never got a sense of what like how he wants to handle certain situations. And the offense was kind of the same thing every year, every possession. When you weren't scoring in transition, it was a couple guys in the wing, a couple guys in the corner. L. Ellis is penetrating. If he can't score, he's throwing that pass to the corner, looking for the shooter there. And that was just kind of it. Like We didn't run a whole lot of action. And maybe that was because the pieces that he had to work with. I don't know. But in year two, I think we need to have a, a firm grasp on what it is that he's trying to accomplish. We need evidence that it can work. And if that evidence is only 15, 16 wins, but it's also he's loading up in the 2024 class, he's getting more players, it just looks better. I can see a world where he gets a third year and people are somewhat okay with that. It, I mean, I'd be certainly very hesitant because I'm, I always say this, the goal is not just like to get back into the NCAA tournament on a consistent basis. This is, this is Louisville. The goal is to compete for national titles regularly, right? Like we want to be where we were 10 years ago. And if you can't visualize Kenny Payne being the type of coach who's cutting down the nets and giving the Danny Hurley speech that we saw a couple of nights ago and having that type of progress in a relatively short period of time, like a half decade, then what are we really doing here? Like that's, that's to me. And it's, it's difficult to envision right now because we watched him win, you know, 
He needs to win six games in three weeks to win a national title. We didn't see him win six games in four months. Um, so it's hard. But we need to be able to have a clear grasp of that image with well, whatever happens in the season ahead. And, that, and that's really – and we people have said it all season long, but that's really kind of unfair for Kenny, no? I mean, the, the guy's never been a head coach. One year, the, people were talking about getting rid of him after this year. I think that's just ludicrous. Same thing with two years for me. I mean, two years – you got to give somebody at least three years to try to make their mark on the program. If if he's still not successful after three, yeah, then I'm good. Yeah, I think it. I mean, there has to be a limit with. If it's two years where you've got two of the worst seasons in the history of the program. Oh yeah, if they win four games again, I think yeah. that's a solid indication. Um, I mean, yeah, it's there are expectations here for sure, and to be bad is one thing. To be historically bad is another. We were historically bad last season. And I, I do understand why you give him a second year. I think you've got to show signs of progress. You have to show signs that this can work. And that's what everybody's looking for right now. Uh, we'll go ahead and we'll take our first break. When we come back, I've got a master's hypothetical that I want to get Scoots' thoughts on, as well as yours on the Thornton sex line at 502 414 1450. It's the Mike Rutherford Show here on a Wednesday. It rolls on next here on 1450 The Big X. I swear I'll change my ways. I just called to say I want you. All right, welcome back in. Wednesday edition of the Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 and 96.1 The Big X. Reminder, bats are rained out today. Reds are rained out today. I was kind of hoping we'd have Reds-Cubs matinee magic on the TV today. But who's not rained out? Lou City tonight. It is the the derby, the first derby between Lou City and Lexington Soccer Club in the U.S. Open Cup uh, second round. 7 p.m., Lynn Family Stadium is going to be the kickoff tonight in the second round of the Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup. Lucy's had some success over the years in this competition. 13-6 and all-time in this tournament. Their deepest run came back in 2018 when they reached the quarterfinals. Uh, on that run, they beat the New England Revolution of the MLS. They ended up losing to the Chicago Fire. But this is a, it's a cool opportunity. I always enjoy the U.S. Open Cup because it's the only time that we get a chance to see Lucy potentially go up against MLS teams, play some nationally televised games. Um, always a cool deal when they advance far. I remember the this, this Cincy FC run, which really helped them end up getting that invitation to, to play in the MLS. Uh, here's hoping Lou City can get this good thing going tonight uh, as they come off of back-to-back pretty embarrassing losses, uh, 3 nothing to El Paso a couple weeks ago, and then 5 nothing to Sacramento last weekend. Looking They're, rough. Looking rough. Uh, they, they need to bounce back and hopefully, I mean – you want to talk about getting rougher, losing to a Lexington franchise that's only existed for two games so far would be a, a step backwards for sure. So here's hoping they can take care of business tonight and move on to the third round of the U.S. Open Cup. They're not losing this game, Mike. Come I, on. You're making me nervous, Scoot. They're not going to lose. A little bit nervous. You're uh, you're just snake bit from this past basketball season. I, I ate nothing in the last uh, last two games. It was a little bit, uh, it's a little bit disconcerting. Yeah, but that was against good teams. Yeah, we'll see. Lexington's not good. We don't know. We don't know. We they're, don't, they're not good. 
We'll find out. I'm trying to set the bar low. I want the, I want the boys in purple to get it right. Uh, if you are interested in season tickets, they are now available for Lucidity. Call 502-LUCIDY or visit lucidity.com slash tickets. Just $17 per ticket. It's a fantastic deal. Again, 502-LUCIDY or lucidity.com slash tickets is how you can purchase those. Um, I, I tell you what, before we talk uh, this master's hypothetical, hypothetical, I want to go to the text line. I... I guess I, every now and then I have to refresh the text line. I don't realize we had, I went to we went to break and I was like we got one text so far. What's going on? <laughs> and then I refreshed. I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's what we need. We also have four phone phone calls and two voicemails on the text line. Can't um, call the text line. People. It happens every now and then. It though. does. Yeah. It's the the Louisville Orthopedic Clinic has do, called us <laughs> four times and left us two voicemails. Do you ever go to on the text line? There's that spam section. Do you ever go check that out? Yes. Oh, it's hilarious. Yes. Some uh, of the texts that have been sent in there have been yeah. so funny. There's 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 some pretty mean ones. There are mean ones. Yeah. I think seven of them, I think, are from the same guy because we figured out a way to identify people who use the same different number. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. so who blocks? Is it you or Trevor that's blocking? Um, it's a combination. OK. Trevor usually doesn't. Trevor will. Trevor. Trevor doesn't because you know, people say mean things about Trevor and Trevor doesn't care. Yeah. Yeah. But if, if it just becomes repetitive, I think that's when we were like, OK, that guy needs to go to timeout. for. A I minute. only asked because TJ last week we had like, I don't know, I guess four or five people blocked. And we, he went and looked at that section of the nah. text line, and he was like, "Holy moly, Mike's been blocking everybody." No, I th- <laughs> it's you. It's, it really is just one guy who keeps doing a different number. Oh, okay. and we figured out how to determine that it's the same guy. And it's not because like it's, you know, we'll read them, but it just becomes like you're just trying to get us to say this on the air. And I'm like, oh, we need to, we need to move on from that. Uh, but it does happen. I thought this was the Rutherford show, not Catfish. <laughs> Got Neven Max in the house here. It's amazing just figuring it, it out. People have a lot of yeah. People have a lot, a lot of time on their hands. That's okay. Um, all right, 502-414-1450 is the Thornton sex line. Texas says, we are glad you are pumped, Mike. Scoot said he was dreading it today. D- did you really? Uh, I don't know if I said Three dreading it. Three hours is a lot. Three hours it. is just such a long time. I but like it. I said, it, it all changed when I changed my mindset. You I, have, could, I could be at the hotel. You don't have to do that much over there. You're, it, it's fine. Oh, it's, no, it's not It's not because it's hard or anything. It's, it's just, just something you have to do. Yeah, it's just time. I get it. I don't have a lot of time and then three-hour show. Is, Trust me. I, 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 but I, I love it. it. It's if, fine. If I've got I'm something here. pop up on the schedule out of nowhere, I'm, I'm the same way. I, well, I, tomorrow's going to be sweet. Only 90 minutes. 90 minutes. I'll be jacked for that. I know Trevor called. And he was like, i got to ask you something. And he's like, he's like, I want to do the Bobby's voice, but I, I realize now I've got to ask a favor of you. So and I was like, what is this going to be? And he's like, you're going to be off at 4.30, but you have to go to the OG. I'm like, I'll do every show at the OG if it can only be 90 minutes. Are you kidding me? <laughs> it's not a big deal at all. Um, let's see here. Texter sent, Texter, uh, what is this? This is also a, a quote from Mark Lieberman. JJ Trainer could be a Tayshawn Prince type of guy um, via Alan Thomas on Twitter. Well, I hope he is. I I, I hope he can be. No shot. I mean, th- th- thank you, Scoots. I'm, no shot. I mean, I, I am on your side. I, I like JJ a lot. Yeah. Tayshawn Prince is high praise. Uh, very is high JJ praise. a lefty? He's not. But isn't Tayshawn a lefty? He is. So they're already different. They're already different, but they're both lanky, I think, is the, is the comparison yeah. there. Texas, okay, easy question. How did you get the nickname Scooter, and what origin slash nationality is Dingus? This is one of the first things that I like, like learned about when I made the move to the Big X. And Trevor, you know, Trevor would always talk about KRC because he'd been on the show. And you know, I knew TJ, I knew Nick, at least I knew of them. And then like he kept just saying without hesitation, like Scooter Dingus. And I was like, there's... <laughs> I was like, this is one of the funniest nicknames I've ever heard in my entire <laughs> life. And then my wife, people didn't believe me when I said it. Like, Mary had heard me talk about you a, a couple of times. She thought your name was actually Scooter Dingus. Oh, my God. Like, I don't think she'd ever heard the word dingus as, like, a, you know, 
it's like a, a slang term or a funny nickname or whatever. I'm but, from Ireland. But how, yeah, <laughs> how did this come about exactly? Because I, I feel like I don't remember the story. Um, so when I first started on Kentucky Roll Call, I'm, I'm a big Indiana fan. They, they called me Hoosier Dingus. I was always called Hoosier Dingus. Okay. Well, then uh, I guess it was about a year and a half ago, two summers ago. I went up to Indy um, with one of my best friends, some of my some of my good friends. We were celebrating. One of them was getting, getting ready to have a baby, so it was basically his last outing as a as a single dad, or not a single dad, but a a parent or a childless dad, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So we were up there, we were having a big old time. We were doing foaling, which is throwing a football at bowling pins, basically. Okay, I don't know if you've ever seen. I've that. never. It was it was a lot of fun. It sounds fun. We uh we had a few too many to drink, so. On the way there, we decide, well, how we're going to get there? We get the bird scooters, like the little <laughs> ones downtown, super fast. On the way there, we are cooking, flying. It's all good. We go in, play foaling, have, throw a few back. We take a shot as we're leaving. So I'm not in great shape as we're leaving. Long story short, we're headed to another bar. I end up wrecking this scooter and <laughs> falling on like my right arm. I couldn't use my right arm for probably eight weeks. It was it was a long time. Oh, God. I, I don't go to the doctor. I haven't been to the doctor in 17 years, so I didn't Dude. go to the doctor for it. I was like, hopefully, time will just heal it, and which it did. I'm I'm good to go now. But when I came back from that trip, it transitioned from Hoosier Dingus to Scooter Dingus. That transitioned to Scooter, and then now Scoots. Do we only pay producers who like don't go to the doctor and don't pay taxes? Do you pay taxes? I do pay taxes. Okay, yeah. that's you and Diff Trevor are at least a little bit. Yeah, different. don't don't get the IRS after me. I mean, Trevor only goes to the doctor when he absolutely has to. Oh, uh, I refuse. Which I kind of was the same way until like the last three years, unfortunately. Um, but he, yeah, I mean, Trevor is is certainly unique. Those scooters. The only time I've ever ridden on one was in Denver. For I wasn't there for a bachelor party, and you know, I always kind of just assumed like. I'm surprised that they let them just be a thing because yeah. I, we had one friend who was very drunk, I think very high, and just fell off of one and got pretty badly scraped up, not as badly as you, but they're very dangerous and they're just they're just yeah. laying out there for anybody to take. If you have a credit card, you can hop on one. It's strange. Yeah, they're fast. I, I did not anticipate them being as fast as they are. Uh, Texter says, who was the guy who killed the eagle? That was my guy, Timmy Smith. That was, <laughs> he filled in, he helped co-host the show one time, Trinity High School football legend. Uh, Timmy, but he did uh, accidentally kill an eagle one time on a, a, a golf course. I think he, I think the story actually was he was trying to save the eagle, but the eagle ended up dying. I killed a goose on a golf course once with a golf ball. Mm -hmm. wow. It was a baby one too. I've still had still had like oh, the gray God. furry feathers Jeez, on it. That's dark, dude. It was horrible. I, it was like on the fifth hole, just like a little worm burner drive. Like it didn't even ever come off the ground. Plunked this thing. All I heard the rest of the round was just honk, honk, honk. Just mom and dad crying for the next 12 holes. It was horrible. It's terrible. Needless to say, I did not play well. I, I mean, I've come close to doing that before. It's, it's, a, it's a horrifying feeling when, like, you know they're, like, they're 50 yards in front of you yeah. and you're, like, surely to God. You know, I, I, I'm good. Don't worry about it. And then you hit it and you're, like, oh, God. And it just, it, it's well, mine was so mine was kind of over a hill. My drive like went over a hill, so I didn't see it down there. That's bad. Well, no, it wasn't because okay. when I drove up there, the thing was just on the ground, like season out. Oh, so God. I'm like, I'm, I'm like, do I, what do I do? Just drive off or do I just club this thing with my club real quick just <sighs> to put it out of its misery? What did you do? I drove off. Yeah, that's probably what I would have done. God, I, I still feel like a jerk about it, though. It's, it's, it's horrible. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that, that's. I know it's only one goose, but to me, it's much more than that. <laughs> um, 
Texas says TK is great, other than that creepy voice he did on Friday. Everybody hates the Bobby voice. There's not one person out there who likes the Bobby There was voice. one that texted in on Friday. They were just doing it just to antagonize. They, they were just doing it to antagonize, uh, I think, you and I. Texas Mike, will Mary get up on uh, early on May 6th to watch the coronation of King Charles III? Are you kidding me? Yes, of course she will. It's Derby Day. She'll be up at, <laughs> she'll be up at like 4 a.m. Uh, don't, don't, if she had the biggest work project of her life, and it was at 9 a.m., she still would get up at like 4 a.m. to watch this thing. She's, she's obsessed. Texas, so the reason we lost Keon is because of Trevor's creepy voice. Come on, Trevor. I think it is. I think that's... I think he said that, actually. There's no radio producers in, in Fayetteville who try to do the Bobby voice <laughs> and fail miserably. Texas, how many more basketball games would we win this year if a honey badger ran the point? Is that like, like the actual animal? Or like the LSU player? Or like a dogged, small, tough point guard. Regardless, I think at least more than four. What I was going to ask you earlier, what's how many wins does Amani Bates add? I mean, maybe like two or three. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think, think it would be that many either. I mean, he would have... He could have been pivotal in those like one-point games, though. Maybe, for sure. Mary texted and said, yes, I'll be up for the coronation. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Um, I think that, in a weird way, I think that if we had added Amani Bates, you'd have... Look, I, people were going to defend what happened last year regardless. I think we found that out firsthand. I, th- I loved Keith Wynn's uh, text a few weeks ago. He's like, if, if there's one thing that this season or Kenny Payne has proven is that people are going to argue about any season. Like, like there's, he's like, I always thought if I saw Louisville basketball win four games, everybody would be like, oh, my God. Like this is, everybody's got to go. This is terrible. This can never happen. And clearly that wasn't the case and hasn't been the case. But if, you had, if you'd had Imani Bates last season, and he'd done sort of what he did at EMU, which is take a bunch of shots, score a bunch of points, but not win a bunch of games. I feel like you would have even more fuel for people who are like, give Kenny Payne a break. Like, clearly he was the problem. You'll have more of a like dynamic offense without him. It'll, you know, it wouldn't be quite the we're better without Lamar Jackson argument because we actually won games with Lamar Jackson. But you would have the same sort of phenomenon at play where it's like, yeah, he was good, but we need to have a, a system. We need more system players, and, and you'll see that moving forward. So I think you would almost have more defending of what took place last year. It would have caused an interesting dynamic between him and Ellis. Like, who, who's got the ball, you know? I don't know. I, I don't know if Amani would have made it through the year here. I'm, surpri- <laughs> I'm still surprised he made it through the year at EMU. I don't know if he would have made it through the year here if they'd given, like, L half of his shots. I don't think that would have happened. Uh, yes, I did say Dennis Gates. I, every time I, I mean to say Dennis Evans, this is going to be a thing. I stumble. I've got to catch myself because I think Dennis Gates. Oh, they're the, both five letters. The Missouri coach. Yeah, they're both both good. Both very good. Takes the scoots. We're dying to know what you spent Trevor's money on. Um, really nothing. I mean, it's I just threw it in my bank account. Bills, I guess. I just got an extra five hundred in my bank account. The boring answer, but probably the right answer. Yeah. Takes the hey scoots. Where's John Spears? I've been uh, missing the show. He is sick. He has been on an antibiotic that he cannot drive on. No. So he will actually be out the rest of this week as well. Hopefully back on Monday. No. Texas says, it's been a year. Can you say the names of the guys that were going to come last year and we turned down? Um, I, I mean, I, I think the one that's out there that everyone's heard is Sean McNeil. Um, I think he wanted to play here, and we sort of said thanks but no thanks. And he ended up going to Ohio State and being a good, not great player on a not great team. So uh, I'm not saying that if you would have taken Sean McNeil and a couple of these other guys – you would have been like NCAA tournament good last year, but they would have helped. And I, I think that it also in hindsight, the staff probably wishes they would have taken them. 
Like they would have they would have made the offense more well rounded for sure. Texas Oh my god, what is this? <laughs> this is a it's a terrifying Photoshop of Kim Mulkey and Easter. I don't know what's happening. It's, if it's got Kim Mulkey. I guarantee it's creepy. I'll show you. This is an AI. This is where we need the YouTube cameras. Coming next week. Uh, it's an <laughs> AI of Kim Mulkey and Easter. Ooh, I don't like that I one. I don't bit. like that at all. Yeah. I'm, I'm clicking away very quickly. Did you hear the AI commentary that they have for the Masters today? I didn't. We'll have to no. play it. We'll have to play it next segment. Uh, I, I will say that golf commentators' jobs are secure for at least the the foreseeable future. It's not good. It's not great. It's, it's nothing that I would ever want to listen to. Uh, we'll play that for you next segment. Texture says, uh, Mike, you are so talented. How did you? I'm not reading that. <laughs> Don't be mean to the Big X. We love the Big X. Texture says, um, just, I appreciate the compliment. I'm not going to read your text, though. That was, it's very nice. Texture says, shout out to Scoots being on the Rutherford show. Brings instant credibility to the show. Scoots rules, Trevor drools from our guy, <laughs> Kentucky Crochet. Is that I assume, always assume that's how you pronounce the, his name. Uh, we always say it, Krogue. Krogue, Kentucky Krogue. Yeah, yeah, I always thought because you know some people would say I have heard you Kroger, say Kroger. I have heard you call it Crozier a couple times. That's what I thought it was. It might, it may be supposed to be Crozier, but we've always said Krogue. My mom would do that thing where it was like you know this is the Italian pronounce. We're going to Crozier, <laughs> yeah, fragile. Um, so I thought that's what it was, but I, I will say Krogue from now on. Texas, regarding your hypothetical, no way I could win the Masters. We're gonna get to that. We're gonna we're gonna get to that. We're gonna do it next segment. Texas, does Dingus know who Cardstalker is? I don't. Uh, TJ Walker, the Cardstalker. I think that's a, it's a profile on Twitter. We know who it is. Is it TJ? It's not. He's not. No, he didn't. He didn't create his own <laughs> fake trolling burner. But we know who did it. Texas riding those scooters and drinking can technically get you a OUI. Yeah, I, d- I didn't know that until later. I had a friend in college who got one just riding a bike while under, while intoxicated. Which I would have been very pissed. It's off better about. than driving a car. I mean, you're not going to kill somebody on one of those. It's tr- true. There are levels to this, but it's you by get the home law, somehow you could get in trouble. Texas, Mr. Dingus, if KP had the season at IU, would you still be saying you have to give him three years? Yeah, I mean, look, I I lived through six and twenty five with Tom Green, and then what did he do the next year? Went ten and twenty one, and I was on board giving him th- a third year. They, I think we can agree though, like. The first years with Crean and Payne, there's differences there. Oh, yeah. Because people keep trying to draw the comparisons. And I'm like, it's not really an apples-to-apples conversation. With Indiana, everybody knew they were going to be that bad mm-hmm. because they were taking, they were going to the rec center and being like, hey, do you want to play basketball for the Hoosiers? And that was their roster. They were picked to finish last. Everybody knew it was going to be a single-digit win season. And the fan base and you can correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like was pretty enthusiastic about supporting the team. Oh, yeah. How hard they played and just getting into every game. Whereas this year, there was a sense that it was going to be a down year by Louisville standards, but we were picked, what, 11th in the ACC. Nobody was saying they're going to win four games. There was still some hope that maybe, you know, we could be a 20-win team with the NCAA tournament. There were some Louisville fans who predicted that we were going to make the NCAA tournament, and anybody who didn't, who thought else, you know, otherwise was stupid. And then we won four games. It was... More of a shock what happened here, what happened at Indiana. But if you want to say, look, he was building that program back. Kenny Payne was is trying to build this program back. Um, I can live with that. But he's got to show significant signs of progress in your season. Yeah, they're only comparable because the number of wins. That's it. I mean, you, you just brought up a bunch of points why they're different. And that's the one thing that you said that I agree with is the effort that you got from Indiana during that season. They whereas so hard. whereas with Louisville this year, there were, there were times where you're like, you just just want to try. 
And I try think, a little bit. I think that to me, and I, I've, I've said this a billion times at this point, that to me is the biggest thing about this past year. It's not just obviously winning four games is bad, but when you bring in a new coach, I think the the lowest of low bars is that you expect the intensity level and the effort to pick up. Because especially when he's taking over, at least in a situation where the past coach left on on bad terms, right? The program wasn't where you expected it to be. Mm -hmm. And I think we all expected, like, this may not be a great year, but by God, they're going to play hard. They're going to play. And they just didn't for long stretches. And that was, if it had been 4-28, and but they were playing like that IU team, uh, just just didn't have as much talent, and, you know, Kenny Payne was was taking his lumps as a first-year head coach, that would have been one thing. But the fact that they just seemed to be going through the motions so often and he just could not motivate them, I think that's what fru- – I can't speak for everybody. It's what sure as hell frustrated me more than anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, Texture says, I'm rolling hearing about this goose. That was a fantastic story. I did a lot to laugh <laughs> Texture says, you did us a favor, Scoots. Those geese are not nice beings. That's true. They are mean. They don't deserve to die, but they are mean. Texture says, I love Scoots' story. My cousin was hammered at Gerstle's a while back from college and got woken up by my aunt asking – why there was a scooter on the driveway. He drove it from Gersel's to Hikes Point. Oh my God. Is that far? That's 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 far. <laughs> that's a the length. Hey, by the way, this was only my second time here at the studio today. Uh-huh. And I live over in Indiana, as you know. Did not use my GPS to get here. That's impressive. That is big for me. I use GPS to go on like six minute drives. That is big for me. I, I do not know Louisville. I don't know anywhere. I mean I, I, I don't know Louisville that well either. And I've lived here for thirty eight years at this point. <laughs> Texas, will you ever have Mary on the radio show or the CC pod? We did. I, I have had her on the show before. She was the she was the Ramsey and Rutherford royal family correspondent. Um, I think we called her when we called her abruptly out of nowhere when one of the kids, the royal kids, was being named and got her thoughts on the name. So maybe we'll have to call her on the, the King Philip coronation day. Maybe we'll have to make that happen. <laughs> Texas, Freudian slip. I want Gates to coach at UofL too. I wouldn't, I wouldn't turn him down at this point. He had a hell of a year. Um, Texas, is Scooter the one who won the lottery or the one who agreed to impregnate his now lesbian ex, ex now lesbian girlfriend, or is he both or neither? I believe you're both. I am both. He, yeah. he is both. You have the, the, the lottery story is great. Mm-hmm. The impregnating <laughs> the ex now lesbian girlfriend story is, is certainly interesting. And you also famously are the guy who dated the girl from the This Is Indiana video. Correct. Who I was very familiar. Like, you didn't have to give me any sort of description i knew exactly who they were talking about when they're like oh the, the girl in the short shorts with the, the blonde hair so that was actually really sweet you, you're gonna be pretty jealous of this but that girl was actually my sister's best friend okay um so we kind of got around the system by like hey mom Lindsay's gonna come over stay with me like meaning my sister and then a little swapperoo in the middle of the night hey so did you technically date her? Was this yeah? A, no, we, this is a girlfriend situation. We, we dated probably two or three different times. Yeah, Jeez. we like it was one of those things we would break up and then we would always get drawn back together because she was hanging out with my sister and we'd see each other and yeah, we had some good times. I'm impressed. I'm very impressed. I haven't done anything since. Mary is <laughs> <laughs> texted in to let it. Uh, I, she's like, it was Archie that you called me for, and also it's King Charles, not King Philip. This is why we need the correspondent. Wow. This is why we need her on. We're gonna have to have her on. Uh, to it. Trevor has texted in. He's got a golf question. We're going to save the golf talk for the start of next hour. We've got a hypothetical for Scoots. We can get into a little bit of Masters talk. Uh, we'll get to all the other text line discussions here at 502-414-1450. It's coming your way in hour number two of the Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 and 96.1, the big X.
All right, welcome back in. Wednesday edition of the Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 and 96.1 The Big X. It is Masters Week at Augusta. Par 3 contest today. It's golf season across the country. It's golf season here in Louisville and Southern Indiana. And a reminder, if you want to play some of the best courses in this area for a very, very reasonable price, check out the Big X Golf Card. We do this annually. Uh, it's very, very cool. Go to BigXSportsRadio.com or you can call 812-725-1457. You can play six of the best courses in this area for just $25 a round. The courses we're talking about here are Old Capital, Elk Run, Valley View, Wooded View, Christmas Lake, and Park Mammoth, which was ranked the number three best new course in the nation by Golf Digest recently and one of the best five golf courses in Kentucky by Golf.com. Again, all these courses, you can play them for $25 a round by going to BigXSportsRadio.com. You'll see the golf card icon right at the top of the page. Click on that bad boy. Lock down one of yours because supply is limited, and they will sell out. They sell it every single year. So if you want to act, go ahead and act now. Mike Rutherford here with Justin Kalen, a.k.a. Scooter Dingus, today in the house. Um, we were talking a little bit. People asked questions about the Masters. So I want to get general thoughts on the Masters in a second. But I, heard, I saw Shane Ryan, who's a great golf writer, he posed this hypothetical. He, he and his friends were like having this conversation. They brought up a couple of hypothetical situations and they debated it. It was a fun read. I linked it on Card Chronicle. But if you got to play Augusta National in the Masters and you got to start every single hole 100 yards out, do you think you could win? 100 yards out, every single hole. We're talking par five. If you hit it on the green from 100 yards out, you're putting for an albatross. You're putting for a, a double eagle. Do you think you could win the tournament? Wait, so I'm 100 yards out from the green on every hole? Uh, exactly. In the middle oh, middle of the man. fairway, perfect lie. You're at Augusta National. Your your drive is your first shot from 100 yards out on every single hole at Augusta. Man, you couldn't have given me a more a number that I'm more confident with. <laughs> 100 <laughs> yards is like that is I've got it dialed in from 100 yards. So I would like to say yes. Um but undoubtedly, I would have like a flub here and there, and then next thing I know, I'm hitting four or five shots on one hole. So I would say no. I'm with you in that. Like, <clears throat> the, excuse me. The best part of my game is like a hundred yards and in. Yeah. And I, I I've got no faith. I, there's no way. I, I think I would shoot under par. Oh, I have a little faith. I, I don't have any. I have no faith. But I also, I mean, I I also have a lot of faith with my golf game. Always have. Even though I'm not as good as I think I am. I remember but, that story. Yeah. I remember that story. I feel like I would do, but I'm like you. I'd have the one or two, especially now since I have not played very much recently, I'd have a couple of shanks, and then I would just be screwed. Like hitting out of that rough or putting it in the, the pine stall a couple of times, and then I would just be done. And also, like I've there have been a couple of times in my life where I've putted on greens that have been set up for like tournaments. Like mm -hmm. I played at Cardinal Club one time, and they, the green, the slope was ridiculous because they were setting up, they were hosting the ACC tournament like that weekend, and I didn't realize it. And it makes it a lot harder. To, yeah. like, the very first hole, I was like, and I'm usually pretty good short game. I three-putted from like eight feet away, and I was like, what, what the hell is going on? It is totally different. The greens would be disastrous. I think I would have a good shot at shooting under par, but there's no way in hell I would win. Well, and that's the thing is, is the greens. I mean, I'm a pretty good putter, but you're playing on greens you've never played on before that are tournament speed. They're going to be... Yeah. The stupidest fast greens you've ever played in your life. Yeah. I mean, you're going to have to barely tink a shot for it to go 18 feet, you know? Yeah. I'd have to just stick a lot of these shots, yeah. and I've got, I don't have much faith in my ability. I would have some faith on like par fives, though, that I could get it within 8, 10 feet on the shot, and then you could manage a three putt, a two, three yeah. putt. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's how I feel. Good that, question. That's though. how I think that I could shoot under par, but I don't think that I would 
come close to winning the tournament. Um, I've got two. Speaking of golf, so I have not played in a full two years, which is because I, I got sick last year. I wasn't able to play, which sucked. So I've not played. I, I said full two years. It was like more like late August, September, I think, of, of two years ago. So about a year and a half. And in two weeks, two weeks from yesterday, I'm playing Valhalla for the first time. Wow. They're doing this. They're opening it up. to It's like the media day to kick off the, the lead up to the 2024 tournament. And so they invited media people to come out there, play around. And then there's like a Q&A session with the, the tournament director and all this stuff. So like, I don't want, I need to go at least to the range this weekend or next weekend. More than once, Mike. I, I you, don't, you don't need to go just once. You need to go three or four times. I don't want my first round in, in a year and a half to be at Valhalla, just coming in ice cold. Uh, Everybody at the first tee box watching you tee off and you just shank it. The good thing is I'm playing with, I'm playing with my buddy, Danny, who I do the podcast with. And then also Greer, who's one of the worst golfers I, I know. <laughs> so I will be. I'll be better than both of them. I'm almost always better than Danny. I know I'm be- Jeff can play the best round of his life. I'm still going to be better than him. How do you normally shoot? I shoot at, at like a, a normal course, like if you're playing like a, a country club. I feel like I'm around 85. Okay. Um, I've never I've shot 80 twice. I've never broken 80. But if I'm playing, like the best that I can play is usually like 80 to 85. If it's a nicer course, like if I'm playing out at, um, you know. Valhalla? Well, <laughs> we'll see how Valhalla goes. But if I'm playing at a, like a nicer course, I'll, sh- I'll shoot closer to like between 85 and 90 if I'm playing well. Now, it's not beneath me to shoot like 90 to 95, um, but I, I typically play bogey golf. I, I think I feel like we've established you and I have similar games. Mm-hmm. Like I'm very I'm short off the tee, but I'm almost always in the fairway. I get up around the green or on the green, try to get up and down, make par. But bogey golf is kind of I'm right there between like on a normal par four. I usually shoot four or five. I'm, I'm good because I don't have any blow up. I play boring golf. I'm an old man golfer. Yeah. I won't have any big blow up holes. But I'm not like the guy who can have who can go like triple triple eagle birdie triple quad quad. Like I, I'm just I'm pretty much all pars and bogeys. I haven't gotten to old man golf yet, but I feel like I'm slowly in that transitioning phase. I made the move like six seven years ago where I was just like it's smart. Like I'm not the biggest guy in the world. I've got a bum left shoulder from an old baseball injury. I'm never going to be able to hit the ball that far. Slow it down a little bit. Let's go for accuracy. Let's just do what we do well and rely on that. And it, you know, I, I never can reach par fives and two, which sucks and is, is not fun. But I also like yeah, I, I shoot decent scores, so that's there's a happy medium there. But speaking of the Masters, it, it is part three. I, I mentioned this audio, so the they're going to have this AI commentary. The IBM Watson has trained a, a language model to learn golf and deliver insights in real time uh, like an announcer would, and they tried it out today for the first time on the Masters app, and here's what it sounded like calling, uh, calling one of Seb Straka's shots. Seb Straka, 28 years old from Austria, is going to hit from the pine straw on hole one. <laughs> He took stroke two, and the ball traveled 162 yards into the greenside bunker. No, I, I'm not listening to that. I am out. I'm not listening. <laughs> I mean, I thought Davis Love III was bad with golf coverage, but I, I would listen to DL3 call 18 straight holes by himself before I would listen to any of that. Uh, I mean, that's you're, you're going to have to get better. Just because you can doesn't mean that you should. Yeah, it's a cool little trick. It's like those. It, it's like those. Uh, those devices that you have now where you can like with your voice. Be like, hey, turn off garage light, and it will kind of work. And I'm like, yeah, that's sort of cool, but it's also a lot. Le- it's easier to just stand up and just flip the light off. It's right there. Like, it just there's too many technical. We don't need to do this. Nobody's yeah. asking for this. The one cool thing about it is that it said the distance. The I, I do like that, but it shows the distance on the graphic on the TV exactly. already. Exactly. So. And I mean, the, the 
the actual commentators are almost always in the ballpark where they're like, he's, yeah. you know, he's about 150 out here, maybe 152. Like, like right. They know what they're doing. Just just pay the humans to do it. It's fine. It's from the pine straw. You're making enough money, CBS. You don't you just, just, you know, cut Nance's vineyard vines money by like you know, 1.05%. I mean, I'll, I'll come do Jim Nance's job for, I don't know, what, a hundredth of what he gets paid? If I get to no like, problem. hang out the course, I'd probably do it for yeah. free. Yeah, it's just no yeah, Maybe even free. But this is, uh, do you do the thing where you, apply for the the master's lottery tickets every year no i always do it i've no. never gotten it i've had like three friends now that have gotten uh practice round tickets and, and they've gotten to go and do it every single year i sign up and every year i get i'm hopeful and it has not happened. i tell you what you mentioned the par three that is one event that i would love to go to It'd be I, great. I was watching that before i came in here today and it was it just seems so fun they've all got their kids out there tony fee now had all 43 of his kids out there it was just a good time Love Tony Finau. Do you have any strong leanings for this week? It kicks off tomorrow. It, the weather's going to be a little bit dicey. It's going to be colder than usual. Maybe a little bit of rain here. So I am unable to stray away from what I started at the beginning of the year. Okay. Um, I am betting every tournament that these three guys are in, I am betting on them. Scheffler, John Rahm, and Rory. I'm betting on those three every single tournament. And why am I doing that, you ask? Because of full swing. <laughs> that's it that's it yeah i still haven't finished it I've, I've watched the first i think five episodes i've got a little bit left well i knew i wanted to bet john rom because he is he started the season tour up so he was already on my list and then when i watched full swing i was like i really like scotty scheffler and he's world number one he's playing really he's well incredible. so i decided to throw him in and then i got to the rory episode and i'm like oh my gosh I love rory which i always have but i like seeing that and seeing him in that show i was like i love this guy even more so I decided at that moment, I'm betting those three guys every tournament. I love Rory. I want him to win. He I'm won't win. a little worried about his form here. Yeah. Uh, a little worried about the fit. I'm straight up saying this. I'm picking Sheffield to win. I, I know going back-to-back at Augusta is hasn't happened since Tiger did it. Mm-hmm. It's damn near impossible. He's incredible right now. Like he's, he's lights out. I think he's going to win. I'm going with a little bit of live magic with my runner-up. I think Cam Smith. I mean, Cam. It, it feels he's motivated. But people are like, you know, it's you know, he's got the live. He's like, he also won the last major that was mm-hmm. played. I, I think I'm going with him second. Has George, he still got the long hair and the mustache? Last he's still I've rocking seen, that. Last I've seen, he still kind of has the. He looks like you know, kind of like Scottish trash, even though he's not. He's, <laughs> he's got that look to him, even though he's Australian. He's Australian, right? He is. Yeah. Um, I'm going speed third. I feel like the, this is a great weekend for Spieth Magic. He's won the last three tournaments that have had their their that have wrapped up on Easter Sunday. He's won all three of them, which oh, is wow. kind of crazy, including one Masters. Um, I like. I think he's going to play well this week. Xander Shoffley is in good form. He never plays well at Augusta. I think this is the year that he breaks out and he contends. And then Tony Finau, I'm going with him at fifth. He's always good, just never good enough in this tournament. I I. I I consider JT because this does kind of feel – it sort of feels like last year's PGA a little bit where the, the weather is not great and the wind conditions are going to be maybe a little bit more than you'd expect at this course. And I think that he's got every shot in his bag. But his – speaking of bad form recently, he just has not played well this year. I don't, yeah. I don't know what's going on there. So I hope he plays well. I hope – he and Rory are two fades for me, but I, I'm i rooting for both of them. I, I am really excited about all the live guys being back just because it makes the tournament – Hell yeah. It, it, it feels like the old PGA, you know? I mean, we've got the Dustin Johnsons of the world, the Brooke Kepkas, the Bryson DeChambeaus, and I know all those guys aren't super likable, but it just makes the tournament that much more exciting because they're all damn good golfers. Totally agree. Did you see? I, is it just me? Phil looks bad. He does. I, I, yeah. I don't know what's going on there. Like he, 
He, I feel like he's lost too much weight. He has. Yeah. He needs to put. He, we need. We need nips fill back. Well, that's because the lives started cheaping out on food. Remember, is that they, what it they is? were feeding them all these extraordinary meals, and then now it's just like pe- cheap uh, paper sacks. Well, maybe he should use some of that billion dollars that he got for playing there <laughs> to go ahead and buy some extra money, uh, buy some extra food. He just—I saw him last night the, the the pictures of the champions dinner, and I was like, he looks, he looks terrible. Did you also see Gary Player um, signed his name? Like they, they have the the invitation there with all the former champions who attended the dinner, and they all mm-hmm. autographed their name. And he signed his name. Everyone else signed it like normal pen. He signed his name huge and in like thick black Sharpie marker. Good for him. But it got pointed out to me. I'd never seen this before. On the Claret Jug, his name is like way bigger than everybody else. And they said that he like he like hired his own engraver to put his name in there before <laughs> they had like their own one. And he made it in a different font than everybody else's name. So he stands out in the middle of like all the. I'm like you know kind That's of awesome. a, kind of a baller move, but also kind of a d bag move. Speaking of baller move, did you see that menu for last night? I did. I like that it. was baller. I like like it. if I'm going to a master's dinner, that's what I want to eat. Same. Yeah. Make it you go. Go big. I mean, also, we don't have to do the like the hometown food. Yeah. For, you know, you don't have like if I won the master's, I wouldn't. You're going to bring hot brown. I, exactly. I wouldn't subject <laughs> everybody to Matt. I'd be like, I want filet. I, yeah. I, I, you know, maybe it would be like a side. I have like mini hot browns as an appetizer just to have some sort of home feel. Sure. But I feel like, you know, you don't have to do that. Yeah, but everybody like when Bubba Watson had these like. Just chicken and cornbread. I'm like, come on, man. Like, give, give us another option here. We can we can make something else happen. But I do like looking at all the menus. It's always fun. Uh, Master starts tomorrow. We're excited about it. Tony By Smith. the way, did you see Scheffler's first shot today on the par three? No. Oh, my gosh. What do you do? Stick it? Locked in. Yeah, it was probably less than two feet. I mean, it was close enough where he had his wife or girlfriend, whatever she is. She put it in. His wife, right? Yeah. Because she, Mary was going crazy. She's like, she's like, that's what a wife should wear at, oh, at Augusta right. okay. last year. Like her, her whole, I was very Southern. She had very significant thoughts on her outfit. Yeah, so she finished out the birdie on hole one for oh, him. Oh, she did? She did, yeah. I, you like me, last golf thoughts, I promise we'll move on. You watched Full Swing. Are you like me? Like, I've never been a big Kepka fan. Like, I think he always comes off as kind of an a-hole. Uh, I felt sorry for him after watching. Like, he, he was way more open and vulnerable than I thought he could be. Just straight up talking about how, like, I was the you know, best golfer in the world. And now, like, I, I've lost it. He's like, it's the worst feeling in the world to go out there and just not know that you're going to be right. Like, I, I came away feeling, like, genuinely sad for him. See, I'm the exact opposite. You are? I, I watch that, and I'm like, he, this guy's such a crybaby. Like, get to the range. <laughs> like, work on your game, dude, you know? Just don't sit in front of this camera and cry about it. Go do something about it. Are you blaming Jenna Sims? Uh, is that his girl? That's the girl. People are like, mm. well, it's like her arrival into his life well, just happened to coincide with him playing bad golf. You know, I do feel bad for him in the sense that he doesn't let it go when he gets home. And and I don't know if I should feel bad for him about that. Maybe I should stay with the whole crybaby thing because it's like once you're done with your job, you've got to let it go. You yeah. you can share a, a quick story or two. That's fine. But do not talk about it the whole time. I mean, he was like the way he moped around his house and stuff. Like that's not enjoyable for her. I felt bad for. Her. I genuinely did. I, I, and yeah. I, I get it. I, I get how you can just say you know you're a millionaire. He's or whatever. got millions of dollars. Like go get a go get the best trainer in the world. Go go I, hire Hank Haney for all I care. Like, I don't think it's for lack of trying. Maybe it is. But he he just seems like he's genuinely like using the zone for a long time and just lost confidence and now just just can't get it back. It's just like a. I mean, dude won four majors in two years. I, I will never feel bad for Unreal. him. Unreal. And now he's like, because he, he's, I, I thought it was interesting him watching Scheffler play and be like, I know what it feels like, what he's doing right now. Mm-hmm. Where like, you go out there and you just, like any shot, it's in my bag. I'm not going to bleep up. Like, I, I've got this locked down. And he's like, I just, I can't get back there. And it's just this weird mental block. I, I, I felt bad for him. There were a lot of guys that I really liked in the show. I thought, 
The only my only controversial take, and I like Joel Damon, but I did think he was trying a little bit too hard to be like the the fun guy, like like crazy antics, like this is who goofy guy, like all this stuff. I, there was a little, a little bit of a try hard there, but I still liked him. I came. I mean, off, that's who he is. Look at the hat he wears. I came off digging him a little bit, but he was it, it was it was it's like bringing up Jesper Parnovic. You remember that name? Of course. With him wearing the hat flipped yeah. up, yeah, it's just who he was. Jesper was a douche. <laughs> I was not. I was not a fan at all. <laughs> All right, we'll take some more texts from you guys. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. Uh, Trevor did text in at uh, 350. He said, he's I don't. Awake? He's He's awake. He, he called me like two. <laughs> he said, I don't follow golf. What's harder to do, a hole in one or a goose in one? Does a bird count as a mulligan? Two really good questions. I would say. Hole in one's got to be harder. Because I've talked to enough people that are my similar skill level that have hit a goose. Yeah, I guess it depends on what like kind of golfer you are. Like for pro golfers, I would say that a hole in one is easier. But for the average person, for for me, you, and most people listening, hitting a goose has to be way easier than yeah. than hitting a hole in one. Agreed. I've never hit a hole in one. Um, I've never seen. I've never been on the course when anybody's hit a hole. Same. And. I have seen somebody hit a goose. Not killed a goose, but I have seen a ball actually make contact with a goose. I did have a round about three years ago where I was playing with a guy. It was actually at Old Capitol, and he was a member there. And I hit, I had, it was a par three, hit a nice little shot into the green. I was about eight feet away from the pin. We walk up to the green, and my ball is on a hole cover. And the guy looks at me, and he goes, you played yesterday. That would have been a hole in one. Oh, he was like, that's where the pin was yesterday. I was like, you're, oh. you're such an ass. Have you come close before besides that? Uh, I've been within like a putter, like a putter uh, grip. Yeah. I feel like, see, I, see, I'm not, I'm not good enough at golf. Like I, I can't like spin the ball or like, you know, right. hit like this type of like, like little stinger shots. So I hit it. My balls are always pretty high and then they kind of just plug. They just kind of mm. stick. And so I feel like that puts me at a real disadvantage. Like I've hit shots that have been really close, but I've never had one that's been like, trending towards the hole and you're like oh my god oh my god oh my god and then like hasn't gone in i almost t- the closest i can't i've come was on like my rehearsal dinner day before my wedding we played all the guys came into my wife's hometown and we played golf that friday morning um and i like the second shot like i couldn't see it because it was uh, elevated green but the group in front of us was like oh my god you almost made it and like went up there and it was like, <laughs> a tap in burp like i think that's the closest i've ever it's been. such a good feeling it is a, it's a great feeling and then we didn't win it's like the first it's like the only wedding oh, golf scramble, scramble. part of that we did that I, I didn't win it was my own i was like oh this is you guys could have at least let us come close uh texture says good lord how many birds die each year due to golfers I, i'd be willing to bet it say it's a not insignificant number five thousand maybe not that many i bet it's that around the world how many birds? I bet we can find this out. Of <laughs> There's no How way. How many birds die Google. from golf <laughs> annually? That's on Google. Um, so far this year, 40 Nene, this is from one state. I don't know. I'm assuming in Nene or Neen is a type of bird. Uh, and 40 of them had, had been hurt in Hawaii alone. And this was in September of 22. I, I'm, you may be right. It's about, I bet it's north of 5,000. State looks into birds' deaths at golf course. This is. <laughs> There's a whole, that Quora that comes up. It used to be like Ask Jeeves that would come. <laughs> like now they have the Quora website. <laughs> have you ever accidentally killed a bird with a golf ball? Let us know. It's, and then after that is a golf digest, the 10 worst ways to die on a golf course. Good Lord. How morbid are some of these results? <laughs> well, what's number? I've got to know number one. 
Uh, yeah, now I kind of do too. <laughs> I've got golf, golf courses held hold perils and promise for birth. Number one, oh, these are actual stories. Now I'm even more interested. Some good reading material. Number one, a man in Ireland was searching for his ball in a ditch when a rat ran up his leg, urinated, and bit him. The man finished his round despite suffering the bite. He died two weeks later from kidney failure, a symptom of Wiles disease, which is carried by rats. Oh, my God. So one of my wife's uh, like family friends, he was playing in, in Hilton Head and hit a ball into a like, a like a thorny bush and reached in, grabbed it, and felt like a prick. And like he thought it was just got hit by a thorn and kept playing his round. And like by the end, like his hand is swelling up. The snake. He's starting to feel bad. It was a snake that has a insanely rare type of venom that's like only they had to like helicopter him to a different state because they Whoa. didn't have any of the you know the the serum to to, you know, to to fix the snake bite and he, he almost died like almost lost his arm almost died like that was horrifying. You know how much a vial of anti venom is? How much? Twenty five thousand. Is it really? Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Good lord. Um, number two, a man in. A man left a Virginia country club with a headache, which is compounded by fever, nausea, and a rash. Four days later, he was in the hospital covered with blisters and died from a severe allergic reaction to a pesticide that was used on the course. Jeez. These are mostly, like, just toxic. Yeah. Like, I, I need, like... I thought they were going to be funny. Like, man drove a golf cart off a cliff. Yeah, I mean, let's just let's be real. I mean, not that that's funny, but... This is overly macabre golf digest. Like, give, me, give me some... Yeah. <laughs> give me, like... Give me a gator I want or something. something dramatic. <laughs> yeah, give me something. <laughs> let's see if this happens. After a poor shot on a New York golf course, a teenager slammed his three wood against a bench. The club snapped and a piece was propelled back toward him and pierced his heart. There were doctors at the course who attempted to save him before he was taken to the hospital and pronounced dead. He was the second golfer we found who was killed by the shaft of one of his clubs. Another died when his driver broke during a swing and part of the shaft pierced an artery in his groin, causing him to bleed to death. Jeez. That's why you don't break your clubs, kids. Now, this is more what I was hoping for. In California, yeah. hoping for is make, makes it sound bad. <laughs> Maybe that's not the right term. Demonic. In California, an 83-year-old celebrated his 18th hole-in-one only to die from an aneurysm moments after his scorecard had been verified. 18 hole-in-ones. He lived a great life. At least he went out on top. 83? I, had a bu- I don't feel bad. I, we, I have a buddy who's on vacation with his kids for spring break and played golf on Monday. And like he was so embarrassed by the story that he didn't tell us in our group text until last night. Uh, he had been... He was he had had he was on the, the green and was holding like his wedge and a putter between his legs and bent over to like grab the other guy's club to pick it up and help him and tripped, fell down, the, the wedge like went propelled between his legs and smacked him in the face and like knocked him like almost out. He's got like a Whoa. goose egg on the side of his face right now. And I was like for, I mean, I'm dying laughing. Like he's, he's telling the story. One of my other friends is like, I'm opening a bottle of wine. Hold on, keep going. This is this is great. <laughs> he's like, I didn't want this is why I want to tell you guys. And he sent us the pictures of his face. He looked great. But <laughs> Accidents can happen on the course. There's no question about it. In Canada, a golfer died on the course after his cart hit a retaining wall and tumbled 20 feet to the road below. The death was ruled accidental, though the coroner noted that the man's blood alcohol level was twice the legal limit. Sheesh. I'm assuming alcohol has been involved in... Majority. The majority of golf course deaths. Yeah. I don't know how we got here. You ever wrecked a court cart? No. But I have been <laughs> with friends who have. I had one like, fr- during, like in the cart? Yes. Oof. I had one friend, I was not playing with him during this time, but he also, he was playing, at, I can't remember what course it is, one of the country clubs, and left it up on top of this hill and was, like, hitting a shot and didn't put it to park, and it 
went all the way down into the, like the lake that was on the right oh. side, which was a, he's like I'm standing up here watching this the whole time. It's like it was a, it was a bad moment. It was. I've never wrecked or gotten to a wreck in one, but I've gotten really close. I had friends who went down a hill like didn't use yeah. the cart path and like it yep. slid and like kind of tipped did, over. Did, did like a yeah. well, so I my, similar situation with me at Old Capital again. Actually, it was a morning golf scramble, and I was going down a steep hill, and the cart just did a 360. It's Old but Cap- it never flipped or anything. Old Capital steep. There's some drops is, for yeah. sure. And you have I mentioned that whole. You go over like the lake, and it's like running water, like over the cart. Like, you were, yeah, I heard that there. the other yeah. day. That's after whole ten. Yeah, it, yeah, I knew it was because I mean they they pointed it out before. They're like, yeah. don't worry about it. Just like go through. Most like, of the time, that that river or creek is below the bridge. Okay. But yeah, there there are times where it's rushing over, and you got to drive through about two three inches of water. It was up. It was up for sure. Texas says, uh, "How long do you predict it will be before a player on scholarship refuses to play until they get their NIL money?" I mean, it's kind of already happening. You had that quarterback from Florida who, you know, got promised, basically signed with Florida because their their uh, their co-op, their their, their group, um, their collective, that's the word I'm looking for, had promised him like a, whatever it was, like $2 million deal. And they promised it to him before his senior year of high school, and then he kind of sucked. And <laughs> remember, he shows up on campus. He goes down there. And like they just refused to pay him. They're like, you know, we're not, we're not paying. And so he left. He transferred. I think he's at TCU now. He ends up going to some school in Texas. But that's kind of already happening. Um, I mean, if if Nigel Pack, let's say he had had a bad year for Miami this season, and John Ruiz and these guys had said, we're not paying you 400k for your second season, even though you signed that deal, I think he probably would be like, I'm not cool. I'm not playing for Miami. Um, so could definitely happen. Texas, sorry, I had to go to a funeral home. Jeez. So missed the answer already. If you did, can you replay the text on the answers to the nickname and last name? I'm back list. Oh, this, this guy who asked how you got named Scooter Dingus. Basically, they just use Dingus for a lot of people. You Who's were, your Dingus? You were, wrecked Hoosier a scooter. Dingus. Scooter Dingus. There it is. Right there. He wrecked one of those green scooters and became Scooter Dingus. Texas, my tire gauge wife is listening. She's worried you're going to ban me for sending that creepy gif. It's Kim Mulkey's fault, not mine. Please don't ban me. This is the couple that always they text each other on the text line to us. <laughs> and the wife famously accused the husband of once getting her a tire gauge for Valentine's Day, which the husband argued was part of a larger gift and more of a gag. The wife says that's not what happened at all. At least he got her something. But she's uh she's worried that he's gonna be banned from the text. We're not gonna I won't ban you for the, the Kim Mulkey gift. That's you're good. Texas Scoots, how did you feel about Crean getting in Kelvin Sampson's face? When? When did that happen? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't remember that at all. I remember him getting in the... Maybe the, maybe they meant to say, how do I feel about Crean getting in Kelvin Sampson's space? Hmm. Meaning Indiana, which I did not like. I'd much rather had Kelvin Sampson. I, don't blame me there. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if it was the, if they're thinking of the, the Jeff Meyer thing. Remember the assistant who went to Michigan, and after they beat them, like, Crane was like, he's like, you did this, you helped yeah, wreck the program. I do remember I don't know if they're thinking about that, but I don't remember him ever going face-to-face with Kelvin Sampson. Texas, so basically the only difference between IU and UofL rebuilding is the fans' expectations. Kenny didn't put UofL in the hole they are in. Well, no. I don't think that that's the only difference. The only difference, I mean, IU had no scholarship players. Like, they just, they lost everybody. UofL had five top 100 recruits last year, mm-hmm. and we were still worse. So I think that's, that's definitely different. Texas, how could you live in southern Indiana and not spend any time in Louisville? I live in New Albany now, and the food is terrible over here. I'm I'm a big fast food guy. That's I, that is one area where I'm similar to Trevor. Big fast food guy. Now Jeffersonville, 
When Jeff's we, got some cool spots. Jeff's got like everything over yeah. there. Like when, when we, there's that little area where they've got they've got Culver's, which we don't have over here, mm-hmm. at, least, at least not close to me. They've got I, I always get Torchy's tacos when I'm over there at OG's. Rapid fired. Love Torchy's tacos. Um, they've got n- nothing but cakes right there. They've got um, a D, uh, well, not Dior. There's now a Drake's over there as well. Is there a Drake's there yeah. too? They, they got, put a they you know where the Menards there. is. They put a Drake's yeah. by the Menards. They got chicken salad, chick yep. right over there. They got they got it all. I think I think the food on our side of the river is great, buddy. They've got that um, now. They have that new. Um, uh, oh God, what's the place that I'm thinking of? What's the pizza place that I'm thinking of? Boombas. Tony Boombas, right yeah. there. That's been there a while. Is it? Has it? Mm-hmm. I didn't realize. See, I don't think I realized it until we started doing the radio shows over there. But they, it's it's all happening over there. Um, they've they're, they've also got the Academy Sports, which they somehow hired me to do Instagram uh, influencer stuff for, which was hilarious. <laughs> Like I'd never, I'd done Instagram influencing before, and it was very much like a, a local company that was like, if you post this, we'll just send you a check. Like, don't worry about it. But like, they have, I didn't realize like there's a whole, you go through like a different portal for Instagram, like for for businesses, and like, and I saw some of the other people that had done posts. They're very much like influencing is their game. I just use Instagram to post pictures of my kids, and they're like, you know, it's like these these transitions and stuff. And I, mine is like my story, and I'm like, here's some grills. They've got basketballs too. Like like that that was all that I could do. But they, it was worth it. Now money. you had to claim that on your taxes, right? No, they paid me in gift cards. Wow, nice. So, like, yeah, like every present that I need for my kids is going to come from Academy Sports for like Sweet. five years. Yeah, it was, it was yeah, it was very, it was very much worth the money. Soccer gear. Texas question: How does Mary understand how problematic the royal family is, or does she just not care? No judgment either way. Just curious. She doesn't care. I think. Like I, I do not like the royal family. Uh, but it's like it, it's the biggest hot button issue with Mary that there is. Like you, you just you can't you can't say anything, or she's gonna blow up on you about it. She's got significant thoughts. She does not like Meghan Markle, and I'm I'm Team Meghan. I'm Team Markle Harry, and she <laughs> she can't even talk about it. She can't keep it. She can't have an honest conversation about it. If I even bring it up, it's not worth it because she'll be like, "I've got articles that I'm gonna send you, and you have to read them." And I'm like, "I'm not. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't care at all about them. They've got no power. There's no reason for them to have any sort of heightened celebrity." But whatever. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, uh, a couple thoughts. Women's basketball update. Texter's asking for that. We'll talk about that uh, and get you caught up on the text line here. 502-414-1450. It's the Thornton's text line here on 1450 The Big X. We roll on now after this. Are we supposed to be getting severe weather here? I'm just now seeing. Oh yeah, that's coming to our, It's coming towards us now. Yeah, oh yeah, within the next probably 30 minutes to an hour. I saw we have now tornado warnings uh, according to Mark Weinberg in Harrison Crawford, Meade County. Uh, so that's great. I mean, what better place to be than a little blue kind of small building behind a school with nothing to block? Haven't the we had enough us? bad weather? I mean, it's, if... between the wind and the storms, like good grief. I know, and I, I get. Yeah, we've had, there have been so many trees down in our area. I feel like every time 
I'm just worried about losing power. I'm worried about trees blowing over in the house. It just it makes me makes me nervous. Looks but, like the tornado is going to go above us. It does. Yeah. Okay, that's good. That, that's which good means news. it's probably going to hit my house, which is well, that's not pretty good. awesome. That's that's what I don't want to happen. Uh, we do have. I mentioned this oh, during the break. <clears throat> it's typically a very bare studio here. Like it, it's me, Trevor, and then Bill who does the traffic on the, uh, the other station next door. And Bill's like, getting it. Bill's Bill's always on. He's 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 in the zone. He's the man. But. There's very rarely anybody else in here. Like it's just it's. But we have these telethons. They, they I say shouldn't say we. They have these telethons every now and then, and it's a packed house. I don't know if it's just for the telethon or if it's for Scoots being here. But you're witnessing rare form today. That, <laughs> Trevor hates it because Trevor feels like he has to kind of like tone his voice down a little bit. He can't like be himself as much. He doesn't like people coming in the studio. Trevor once shushed the owner of the entire media corporation <laughs> because he didn't know who he was and he was being very loud. Um, that was a great moment. It was like my first month here working. So that was fun. But it's it's typically not like this. It's hustle and bustle out there. It is busy. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of people out there. Don't get used to it. So Debbie's not always here? Debbie is usually here. Right. I was under the assumption she was always here. Well, always is. We're the only ones who are always here. Okay. There will, there will be a long long stretches where we just don't see anybody else. But Sounds like the big X. That's 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 how it the is. Yeah, OG studios. That, that's, well, the OGs, there's always somebody at the OG studio. You just never see them. You just, well, sometimes you do. <laughs> Sometimes they surprise you. You just never know. You never know what you're going to get over there. You kind of never know what you're going to get here. That's the way that it goes. Uh, quick uh, congratulations. Carly Jones uh, today was named the MVP of the G League for 2022-2023. He had a fantastic year. He's going up and down between uh, the Bulls and their G League affiliate, the Windy City Bulls. He averaged a G League high 26.1 points per game, 4.4 rebounds, 7 assists, and 1.7 steals in 24 regular season games. Uh, he's also played... I think over 30 games with the Bulls this season and signed a contract to finish up the rest of this season uh, with Chicago, with the big club. But congrats to Carly, uh, a little guy that I think a lot of people thought was never going to get a shot in the NBA. has st- certainly made the most of his first couple of years as a professional. And my goodness, he, he, was, he was awfully good here. For people to act like he was the problem, which I feel like I've seen a lot more of recently, you know, going out and getting these transfers, these stopgap guys, it doesn't allow for any development. I'm like, are you not? Watching college basketball across the country, these are the players that are winning championships right now. And that team in 2021, which wound up being the first team left out of the tournament, would not have been within shouting distance of the tournament if they had not landed Carly Jones. Uh, He was tremendous. Was he here just the one year? Just the one year. He came over from Radford, uh, played the one season, was... Did he have eligibility for this year? He did not, I don't think. I I think he was done because I think he played for... That would have been just a massive piece for you all. He would have been good. I mean, he so his last year, if he'd had an extra year, it would have been last season. It would have been max technically last year. But I don't think that he had any left. I think that he had exhausted everything. And even if he hadn't, he was he was an old senior. Mm-hmm. He was like twenty three. So I think he wanted to go ahead and get a jump start in his college career. And he but he was terrific when he was here. He was the runner up for ACC Player of the Year uh, was tremendous. Uh, and now he's doing big things in the professional ranks. So congrats to Carl League. That's very cool. Uh, on the women's basketball side, we had a couple of requests, what we're talking about here. Amani Lester is in the transfer portal out of Louisville. She uh, redshirted a couple of seasons ago. She was a top 60 recruit in the 2022 class. Uh, did not play this past season um, as a redshirt. She had big-time offers from Carolina, Duke, UConn, uh, Wake. She was a, a big-time land. And this is becoming a developing theme with Jeff Walls. He, did not, he, he had a bunch of high-profile freshmen on the roster this season. He didn't play them, and now they're all gone. The we, we've talked about Kenny Payne and the rebuilding job that he has to do, losing all the players from last year's team. Walls has eight scholarship spots to fill, eight. 
and that's with Jada Curry from California committing to, to UofL and not just committing, signing earlier this week. Eight spots is an insanely large amount. He's got no incoming freshmen. There's no recruiting class coming in this year. He's going to, ha- I mean, this is going to be just a, a roster where we're still trying to figure out who these players are probably a, a couple of weeks into the season. Uh, you're going to have a, a ton of new faces. I don't have an update. I know a lot of people are interested in, in the Haley Van List stuff has made its rounds uh, as far as her taking Louisville out of her social media profiles. Uh, there also was a, Jeff Walls posted a, a thing today about a local congressman made today like a, a day of declaration for UofL women's basketball. They, you know, they honored them. Uh, I'm trying to find it. Terrence Sullivan, who's the d- d- district director for Congressman Morgan McGarvey, presented the team with a certificate of special recognition. The whole team was there. They all took pictures with their certificates, and Haley was not there. So I think people are, are kind of freaking out there. I've got no idea what's going on there. I, I assume because we haven't heard anything that everything is all good, but I, people are, are on edge. Everyone's on edge. It's, it's that time of the year. No news is good news. You're hoping not to hear anything, any, any defections, and I think you get a little bit nervous, but we'll find out. Uh, we've got people are talking me. We have a, a new name. It's not a new name because this player has been in the transfer portal for a while now. Uh, but Charles Pride from Hofstra, uh, from Bryant, I should say. His brother, I think, played at, at Hofstra. He's a six foot four transfer, 1,500-point career scorer, shot 37% from three the past year. He says that he's hearing from a number of schools, including Louisville, uh, Loyola, Rhode Island, Loyola Marymount, Cincinnati, Arkansas, of course, Towson, Southern uh, Mo- Robert Morris, SMU, Marist, North Texas, San Francisco, Virginia Tech, and, and FIU have also reached out to him. Um, so there, people are are saying that this could be the guy. I wouldn't I don't think that he's a game game changer like Keon Menafield or like Tyler Perry or some of the other guys that we've we've been linked to, but he's a guy that you would take. He's a guy that can help you. He's a guy that can play meaningful minutes on a power conference contender and who can get some buckets. Funny well, he has a sweet last name. He's got a fantastic last name. Charles Pride. Bring him in. I I I would be Was he named after the singer, you think? I don't think so. Charlie Pride, Charles Pride, maybe I, I don't know, but I, I would. I bet his parents were big Charlie Pride people. We'll have to look into that. Maybe we can find that out after we start stop researching golf course deaths. <laughs> we'll figure that out. But he is a he's a take for me. He's a guy that I think Louisville should be interested in. Again, we still have at least three scholarships remaining. We're saying three, assuming that Emmanuel Okorafor is coming back, assuming that Brent Huntley Hatfield's coming back, and I think a lot of people are also assuming that Louisville's going to land Churchill Abbas. Uh, we'll find out about that at some point. But you've got at least three scholarships to work with. For me, Charles Pride is, is a guy that you take. Um, 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. Uh, I've got one more note before we go back uh, to the text line. And we can talk about football a little bit in the – a little bit more spring practice in the third hour. But I, I did want us to talk about Deuce Adams, the quarterback out of Texas. We, we mentioned yesterday, three-star kid was going to announce his college decision today, was a heavy Louisville lean. He did go ahead and make it official today. He is committed to Louisville after a weekend visit to campus last weekend. He said, Coach Brom and his brother both played in the NFL. I feel like they can both get me ready for the NFL, and that's really my main goal. He also said, quote, I want to bring a natty to Louisville. I like that. Uh, a lot of people have talked about how he's a good fit for Brom in this offense. Apparently, Brom was recruiting him heavily when he was at Purdue. He's a top 50 quarterback in the 2024 class, a top 150 player in the state of Texas overall. Um, he's he's versatile. He's kind of a, he's not listed as a dual threat, but he can be a dual threat type of player. Nick Harris of Rivals said this: "I absolutely love this fit for both Deuce and Louisville, 
Adams will join an offense that will allow him to do what he does best, and that's extend plays outside of the pocket and show off his arm. If Louisville was looking for competition in that quarterback room, they got it. I like that. So Nick Harris joins the fray for the UFL quarterback competition after this season, and it's going to be an interesting one. You've got Jack Plummer this year, who is the presumed starter. One season of college eligibility left. Uh, we'll see how Pierce Clarkson comes along. You've got Caleb Johnson there as a redshirt freshman who seems to be a little bit behind the other guys. And now you throw in another true freshman coming in uh, next season in Deuce Adams. We'll see how all that works out. But this is a, it's exciting. It's nice to see Jeff Brom landing a stable of quarterbacks that he feels like all can compete for meaningful snaps moving forward. I also like that he's a kid from Texas because as exciting as it is the way that Jeff Brom has come in and locked down this area and forged relationships between the program and local high school coaches that had been strained under both Petrino and Satterfield. Like, that's been great. We have all wanted to see that happen. I think we're also all hopeful that we can maintain this national profile when it comes to recruiting that has just kind of sprouted up out of nowhere the last couple of years thanks to, to NIL and you know, some of the, other, the guys that have helped out there. And getting a kid from Texas is a long, nice step towards accomplishing that. Now, he's not a you know, he, he's not like Ruben Owens. He, he doesn't have that type of profile, but he's still a top 150 player in the state. He's still a quarterback, a name that demands some attention. So to to land him, I think is a big deal. He's the first, if he does sign, assuming he does sign, he'll be the first player from the Texas state of Texas to sign with Louisville since Luke Woodley, another quarterback all the way back in 2010. Uh, Woodley did not last long here. Zed Evans from Dallas signed with Louisville the year before in 09, and he played a few seasons here. Not really meaningful snaps, but was here. But he, he again, to have some sort of footprint in Texas, I think it's not a small deal. So congrats to Jeff Brom for getting it done. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton sex line. Uh, TJ texted in and said, wow, all the all the favorites for every tournament, Scoots. Take it easy, pal. All the favorites for every tournament. I believe you were talking about how you're always going to bet on Scheffler, Rom, and Rory. Yeah, I mean, that just seems like smart business. He's giving you crap for that. That's fine. Suck it, TJ. We do... <laughs> Uh, on the pod, the Car Crunkle podcast, we always update our this fantasy golf league that Danny and I do, and we have notoriously been close to picking winners. This is the fourth year that we've been in it. We've you pick. It's not like you you do a stable. I'll do a stable of golfers for a contest. I'm going to put that together tonight. But in this league, you pick one golfer every week. You can only pick them once for an entire season, and the points are basically the amount of money that they earn. And made the four majors count for double the points, double the money. So. We'd come so close every year and never picked a winner. We've now picked two already this season. Nice. We nailed Corey. I, I picked Corey Connors last week at the Valero uh, Open in, in Texas, and Danny nailed um, uh, Max Homa in the very first tournament of the year. So we've, we're feeling good. We're a top 20 team now in this league. It has like 112 people. So we are very much in the war room for our master's pick. And it's his week. We rotate weeks, but we kind of we do it like as, as a hive mind thing. And we are kind of leaning towards – I'm telling him I think Scheffler's winning. That that's my pick. He's not as sold as I am. I think he's he wants to pick Rory, but I don't like it. I think it's gonna it's gonna come down to either JT or Scheffler, and I hope he does what's right, which is pick Scotty. How do you, so the decision's ultimately on him? Yeah, we okay. we alternate weeks. We always talk about it. We talk through it. Mm-hmm. Like he like last week, I wanted Chris Kirk at first, and then he sold me on Corey Connors a little bit because I liked Connors, but I was like, eh, and, and ended up going with Connors. He won the tournament. He was right. Um, and so this week we've kind of been going back and forth a little bit, but. Ultimately, it comes down to him this week. How much analytics do you all use for that? I'd say little to none. Um, it's, it's it's mostly just us looking, reading stuff that's out there 
and then just kind of going with gut sometimes. Like we picked Hayden Buckley for a tournament this year. Danny did. And I was like, mm. he's, he's like, I just, I feel it. And he missed, <laughs> he missed the cut by like seven shots. I was like, we picked Hayden Buckley in a tournament this year. What are we doing? Uh, he's like, he read something about how he plays in this particular court. I don't even know what it was. <laughs> uh, but it's, yeah, it's, it's not, it's not that serious, not that analytical, but we're doing well so far this year. Texas says, what if SpongeBob covered golf on Nickelodeon? Is that like, are you talking about like the way that they did the football games on Nickelodeon? I've got no idea what that text means. I'd be okay with the Masters, like SpongeBob version. I can see. I mean, I'm not going to watch it, but. Golf feels like one of those sports that would, you know, they do the thing with football where like, you know, the guy crosses the end zone and it becomes like a, they, they use the graphics to make it like a slime thing and like, you know, stuff's popping up mm-hmm. everywhere. I can see golf being a sport where that would kind of work. Like if you made it look like Tiger Woods golf, if you like, I think kids would watch that. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what kids are watching these days. They're just watching YouTube. There's no need to change it. They're just they're they're just watching YouTube. They're watching kids play with video games. That's all. That's all that matters. Isn't Tech, that weird to you? It's super weird. I, I was never. I mean, I, granted, we didn't grow up with the whole system Switch. that they have now. But it's like I couldn't ever watch anybody else play a video game. I want to play the video game. The only thing that I do kind of remember when I would get a little bit older is I would laugh at friends that were very funny playing video games, like. Like I, I do remember kind of like being into that. I'd watch them screw up and then like laugh and and I guess that's the same phenomenon, it's the same appeal. But like when I see some of the links that get posted, because I don't I have never been on Twitch, but I'll see some of the stuff that will get posted on Twitter by people I follow. And it'll be like two and a half minutes and it's just like some guy being like, Whoa, yeah, look over here, man. And like I don't know what's like I'm like, I'm like how, how do you spend hours watching yeah. this? Like it's just a guy like playing a video game. There's nothing He's not even dying or laughing. Like he's good at the game. I, I don't. I don't care about watching this. Kids aren't hanging out outside anymore. They're yeah, watching people play video. These games. damn kids aren't. They're not playing baseball anymore. They're just watching kids play <laughs> Call of Duty or whatever it is. I don't. I. I, I don't know. I'm old. Who cares? Uh, Texas Trevor, come save us from all the golf talk. He would have said. He would have. Trevor will fake yawn and and fake uh, snore <laughs> I, if I bring up golf or any sport that he doesn't like. Really, I'll bring up tennis for a split second, and he's like, he can't even take any sort of like. If I mentioned that it was the Masters this week, he would just be like, By the way, you all were talking a couple weeks ago about him getting out and hitting some balls, and you had faith that he could hit the ball. I think he can make contact. He cannot. You don't think so? No. No shot. I saw – they. I only say that because they did a Trevor tries it, and I watched it, and he's just – his swing is – it's just – he can't get his whole swing around. Here's the thing about, like, if if he was going to play in a scramble, like if we do the biggest scramble again this year. He could probably putt. Exactly. That's all you have to do. You go like nobody is asking. Nobody expects you to to you hit shots that we're going to use. Yeah. Just go out there and hit a couple putts. Like that's that's all that matters. That's and that's what makes scrambles fun. You get to take the same number of swings as anybody else. There's no real pressure to do anything big. And then you just you know if you hit a putt, great. Well, and even if somebody moment. else knocks in the three foot putt, you can get up right behind them and try again. Exactly. That's all that matters. That's just just have fun with it. Texas says. Um, uh, Trevor did text in again. He says, damn, I wanted stories of birds getting Randy Johnson or gophers blowing up by C4, not death by shaft. <laughs> we all did. We all did. Do you see Randy Johnson now is like a a professional nature photographer? I did see that. Yeah. He opened he had a, now, Is it nature? Because I saw, I saw he I saw was, was at, like animal pictures. Okay. So I saw him at, I want to say it was the Super Bowl. He was like a photographer for. Oh, really? Yeah. All I know is I think this week, because the story made its rounds on social media this week, he had like his very first like public gallery, and the picture that he was posing in front of was like a picture of a tiger or something. And there was some in the background that looked like they were animals. Mm. I guess he does a bunch of different things, but like 
maybe that was his way to make amends. I don't know. Maybe he just he's felt, <laughs> he felt so bad about it after all these. I think he finally talked about it once a few years ago and was like, yeah, he's like, I mean, I, I kind of feel bad about it, but it's also like I get why people think it's funny. Like, there's nothing. Like, he's like, what do you want me to do? Like, I, I'm I'm doing the same thing I've done a million times in my career. There's not there's no way I could have avoided it. In in my lifetime, that is still, and I don't anticipate it ever changing. Is the most unlikely sports thing to ever happen. It's insane. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Although I, I have seen a video, there was a video of a, a minor league baseball game where a dude hit a ball and it, like a bird fell out of the sky. Like, that oh, was, really? Yeah. That's not as cool as the pitch, though. It's not as cool as, as the pitch. Also, and it, especially since it was Randy Johnson, a guy who was known for just firing exactly. super fastballs. Yeah, it made, I mean, it's, just, it's, it's an incredible scene, for sure. Texas, how many golfers get eaten by alligators on the course? Google that. Hmm. I bet not many. The go- I mean, we play when we go to, to Hilton Head a lot, or if I go to Florida, and the gators are like, they're used to it. So, like, you'll see them on the tee box, and, like, they don't even notice you. Like, they don't... They don't do anything. They're like, you know, squirrels on college campuses that aren't afraid of you. They're just so used to it. But let's see. Uh, this is a question from Golf Cart Go. I mean, if there is an alligator eating somebody, it's because that person provoked them. Like alligators, sure. alligators are more scared of us than we are of alligators. Exactly. Uh, according to golfcartgo.com, since 1970, no golfer has died from an alligator injury. However, around 30 fatal alligator attacks have been officially documented in the country. They either got attacked when trying to swim across ponds illegally or walking their dogs near the water's edge. That surprises me, though. I'm surprised it hasn't happened at all. We went to, because we went to Hilton Head last year, and it, like we stayed in this little like condo complex, and mm-hmm. in the middle of it there is like you know, they got like a pool and they've got some ponds that you walk up on, and a gator had gotten in one of like the little pond areas and they had to like fish it out it was it was, it was a big gator and i mean there was a story last week about a two-year-old being found in a, an alligator's mouth so. i freaking love gators that was my favorite part of living in florida you love gators oh i love them yeah i mean i don't i think they're they're, they're kind of cool they're pretty i mean i'm not gonna go up and like pet them or anything there's no part of me that like, is affectionate towards them i love them well okay all right big animal guy okay that surprised me though since 1970 no golfer has died via alligator on the course there you go. You ask, we deliver. <laughs> Texas, I used to work at a local country club as a caddy, and a local member drunkenly ran over a goose with his cart. We had to take the corpse to the dumpster while his whole goose family screamed the whole time. Mm, I can relate. I don't blame that goose family. They witnessed a murder. So traumatic. They witnessed a murder. Of course they're going nuts. That's, uh... <laughs> I mean, that, that would be worse than... A, to me, that's worse to me than hitting a... Because a, a, that's a total accident, and it's a... In a way, it's a non-preventable accident. Like mm. you've got to, you're, you're there to play the game. You got to hit the shot. If you hit a bad shot, it's going to happen. If you, you shouldn't run over a goose with your golf cart. You should be more coherent. I mean, even if you, even if I'm blacked out drunk, I'm not going to go. Oh, let me hit that goose. You know? Yeah, well, yeah. Of course not. You're not a psychopath. There's a like I we live back here in St. Matthews, and there's that road right there where you go past Mallard's Crossing, and it's kind of swerving. And I'm always because probably like four or five times a year, I'll get stopped there because there's a family of of ducks crossing and like i'm terrified that like i'm just going to be going too fast one time or just not paying enough attention and i'm going to hit them and trevor said he saw it happen one time on westport road he's like he's like i could have gone my whole life without seeing that and i'm always just terrified that like somebody's going to be going too fast and just going to drill because they just they don't they don't stop for you i have hit an owl before with my car you've hit an owl Mm -hmm. good lord i was was probably about 19 i mean i was driving down a country curvy country road and it just flew out of nowhere right into the front of my car so 
Basically, it hit me. I didn't hit the owl. You're not a friend of the avian community. No. You're not, not, <laughs> not a friend of birds is Scooter Dangus. There was a... <laughs> one of our... It's so funny this comes up. One of our neighbors... We're on a family walk the other day. One of our neighbors has like a dead owl in their backyard. And they're like, they're like looking at it. They're like, you want to see it? And then Virginia is three. And she's like, well, why isn't it moving? And I'm like, I'm like we... We can't explain <laughs> that this owl. Like, we just need to keep going. Like, stop showing me this dead owl. She doesn't understand death yet. Not yet. I mean, she she understands that. Like, <laughs> she understands that she's not married. She understands but. that she's not married. <laughs> she wants to get married, uh, but she does not get. Death is still a concept. She, she doesn't think that it happens to people, which we're, or I think animals. So we're working our way up to it. But it hit the neighbors like, look at the look at the feathers. I'm like, can we? We're on a wall. We just need to keep going. It's it's, it's an incredible bird. It's beautiful, but. It's dead. This is the time where Trevor chimes in and says, what kind of owl was it? Yeah, exactly. That's what you do. <laughs> well, was it like a gray owl? Was it like, what's the owl? How did it die? Like, did it look like the one off Harry Potter? Oh, uh, yeah. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know, Trevor. <laughs> All right, we'll take a break. Five o'clock hours up next. We'll rehash some of the conversation from the first hour about the Louisville basketball recruiting and the fan reaction. And then we'll take some more of your guys' texts at 502-414-1450. It's the Mike Rutherford Show here on the Big X. Welcome back into the Mike Rutherford Show here on a, a still standing 1450 and 96.1, the Big X. Uh, there are tornado sirens going on uh, as we as we talk here. I believe Jefferson County uh, as a whole is under a tornado warning until 545. Uh, but we're still here. This is classic Big X. We're here for the people. We're doing it for you. Huddled in your basement, dying to hear the end of my L. Ellis rant and what I thought about that. Just desperate to hear the thoughts on the Louisville men's basketball roster on April 5th at 5.30 on a Wednesday. We're doing the damn show for you. But uh, if there is a tornado about to hit us, let us know because I've got the headphones on now. We're talking. We don't, I mean, we, we, Kevin Harden's on the TV, but it's kind of, it's, it's muted. We can't hear him. Uh, I can't hear the sirens anymore. So if we're about to get, uh, if we're about to get smoked, just uh, you have to hit us on the text line at 502-414-1450. I'll help you keep an eye on the TV. Thanks, Scoots. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, we've got, I, I don't even remember what I was talking about. We've, we lost power like 17 different times. It kept flickering. It kept knocking us off. And then we finally got knocked off all the way, uh, and so we've been trying to get that back for the last 15 minutes or so. But we are, we are back. I, I know I was talking about the rumor that's out there. There are several rumors about LLs potentially returning for an, another year, and maybe that being a reason why Louisville is striking out with transfer guards so far. Um, if that does wind up being the case, I still think that you need to get a guard. Um, Sky Clark and LLs would clearly be your likely starting backcourt tandem. But you need guys to come off the bench. There's not a good team in college basketball that doesn't have at least three very capable guards, and most have more. So if we're looking at the kid from from Bryant, Charles Pride, I think he's a good fit for a guy that you could say, hey, come play at Louisville, come off the bench, be a part of a winning team, be a part of this rebuild, get some buckets, be an instant offense guy. And maybe if you're good enough, we can go to a three-guard offense. I think that you go after a player like that and make sure that you have enough backcourt help because last year – we all screamed it from the mountaintops. We need more guards. We need more guards. We need more guards. We didn't get more guards, and because we didn't have 
enough guards, we lost 28 games. So I, th- I think there's that as the lights flicker again and threaten to knock us off the air. Here we go. There's no way we're making it to six without going off the air again. You don't think? There's no chance. I bet Zero we do. chance. I bet we do. Almost I'm going to have faith. This is only my second time here, but I'm going to believe in this. It almost, I mean, you may. I don't know if this is you. I don't know if this is the just the weather gods. I don't know what's going on. Trevor but, told me to not see this as a bad omen. This is, there's no <laughs> way. We are going back to Jeffersonville tomorrow, which has nothing to do with this, uh, but we will. This will be, your, I think, your last time here this week. <clears throat> as I hear the sirens again, it's fine. We're, we're okay. Everything's fine. We're going to be okay. But if LLS is returning, my primary concern about all this is that Louisville was historically bad on every front last year. The defense was where it was the worst. The offense was slightly better than the defense. We saw some improvement from the offense as the season went on. The defense never really got better. We never had a game where it was like, man, we put the clamps on those guys. That was a great defensive effort. We had games where opposing teams shot poorly, but they were still typically getting wide open shots and just didn't. It was more about them than it was about us. It's not all on LLS. Everybody was bad defensively last season. But L was part of the problem on that side of the ball. If we are going to bring him back, and he's going to be a guy who's looking to, to be, once again be one of the best offensive players in the ACC, he's got to be more committed on the defensive end. And that message needs to be communicated. It's great. We want you back. People are going to celebrate if you announce it. But the defense has to be better. The effort level has to be better. And that's as much on the coaching staff as it is on L. Because if he's, like, you should not be in a position next year where you've got no choice but to play LLs about 40 minutes per game. That was where they were last year. And I don't know if some of the defensive issues were because L was trying to conserve energy because he knew he couldn't come out of the game or else we weren't going to be able to accomplish anything on offense. I am hoping that that's part of the case. But whatever the excuse was, it's not an excuse next year. Again, this is all if. I've got no inside information as far as what LLs' decision is going to be. Uh, I've just seen and heard the same rumors that you guys have. But if he does come back, it needs to be communicated that the defense has to be better. Or guess what? You ain't playing as much as you played last year. You're not going to play 35 minutes a game just because we've got no other options. Because hopefully, we're going to have options that can come out there and take your spot. And we've got a guy who can initiate the offense in Sky Clark. We may, hopefully, we have a couple other guys who can initiate the offense, which wasn't the case last year. Uh, we've got about, let's see, 24 minutes, 23 minutes or so. Before we have to get out of here today, reminder, we will uh, we'll have a short show tomorrow, 3 to 4.30, because the Louisville Bats were rained out today. They're playing a doubleheader tomorrow. 5.05 is the first pitch for the first of those two games, and the coverage will start at 4.35. So we will be on the air from 3 until 4.30 uh, tomorrow. But we got about 20 minutes here or so. Here's some on the text line, 502-414-1450, if you've got thoughts you want to get out. Before we go to the text line, though, reminding you guys, if you do have heating or air conditioning issues, probably more air conditioning now, Call our friends over at AirServe at 502-785-8600. If you call them today, you can get a $49 tune-up. You can also, for a limited time, get up to 60 months, no interest financing on a qualifying rude system. It's all happening from our friends over at AirServe. AirServe.com slash Louisville is the website. A-I-R-E-S-E-R-V.com slash Louisville. And 502-785-8600 is the number. Uh, TJ did text in and says, Scoots brings the electricity, which I think is the opposite of, uh, the opposite of what's happened here. That's true. You brought a lack of electricity with you, yeah. which is what happened. Sorry. I'll try to do better tomorrow. But TJ, it was, it was an easy joke. It was there for the take. <laughs> Indiana Larry also said it's whole. Uh, it's the whole going to 11 with the water, which I think you said it was after 10, right? Uh, right. At, at Old Capital with the water that's over the, yeah. the little bridge. After 10. Yeah. 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 Um, 
Texture says everything that you mentioned about New Albany and Jeffersonville is a chain. There is also not a single Indian restaurant in Southern Indiana. I like Indian food. I do not. I love Indian food. I I have a coworker at the hotel who's Indian, and he always brings in stuff and lets me try it. I've learned that I have to ask him before trying it, what's the spice level? Because if it's three or higher, it's going to burn me up. There's no question about it. It's hot. Um, But... it's a fair point. Like I don't like I don't live in Southern Indiana, so I don't know any of the good original restaurants there. I just know the chains that I drive by. I'm assuming there's some like fine dining in Southern Indiana. Am I just wrong about that? I, I find options everywhere, chain or not. I don't chain doesn't bother me. Yeah, you're no help here. You're, you're no help in this conversation. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, Texas care. Oh, KRC text. We always read. The, if you text in between three and six, we're reading the KRC text. I'm sorry, it happens. I opened it. It's done. KRC text. What did Hunter Dickinson do to sack? Is it a picture situation like intern Jacob with severe Wheeler? Uh, I'd rather have a 7-1 bad defender that can make some threes than 6-9 that can't. That being said, I would also be fine with Khalil Ware as a replacement. Can I just go get Bofa? I did see we have not mentioned that. The the big news, the Uganda kid not going to be here next year is transferring from Kentucky. Oh, that came, that came out today? That came out today. Oh, man. It came out, and then like an hour later, it came out via Jeff Goodman that UK was going to have a Zoom with Hunter Dickinson, who's the widely regarded to be the number one prospect available in the transfer portal. He is a big man. And I was, I mean, you and I, neither one of us are UK fans. You're an IU fan. I'm a UofL fan. I was surprised to see how many UK fans were like, no, yeah. don't want. I'm like, it's Hunter. Yeah, I mean, he's not perfect, but there's nobody out there who's perfect. He's better than Oscar. He's, he's better offensive for sure. Mm-hmm. And defensively too, because Oscar couldn't guard anybody. He's bad defensively too, but he's I think better than Oscar. But he's not what he's not is the guy who's going to get you like twenty five rebounds, right? But, but he's I, four inches taller. He's four inches taller, and he can fill it up. Mm-hmm. Like he's going to score for you. Like why are we why are we poo pooing Hunter Dickinson? He's pretty damn good. Well, and especially with them having Aaron Bradshaw coming in, yeah, him sitting behind Dick- Dickinson or learning from Dickinson, maybe not sitting behind him, but learning from him. Or you could put Dickinson as like a stretch four, maybe, or yep. vice versa. I don't know. I mean. I know that that's Kentucky not, fans hate the big lineups. They hate big lineups, but I love them. They're they're, they're tortured by recent history, that's which true. is yeah. ha, has not worked out well for them. I mean, also like we're talking about Dickinson playing with Bradshaw. That's an equation that does not include Lance Ware. Like not every big guy that you're they, they basically they don't think they hated big lineups last year. They hated the fact that Lance Ware was playing because Lance Ware is not good. Yeah, and that's an understandable gripe. They should hate that. <laughs> but if I'm them, I'm. I mean, look. You've taken some transfer big men in recent years with a lot of success. The last one who went there became National Player of the Year. I know that you haven't had the same type of NCAA tournament success with those guys, but I don't think it's their fault. Like You can't pin problems a few years ago on Reed Travis. You can't pin problems the last two years on Oscar Shibway. I guess you can pin some. But look, with Uganda gone, you need a big man. Dickinson's the best available to me. But yeah. clearly they, uh, they have some other ideas. And it's not everybody. I think there's some people that are kind of all over the place. <clears throat> Excuse me, I cannot... I need, I need the cough button here. Hit me, hit me with the cough button real quick if you can find it. Where, <coughs> I don't know. Oh, there you just go. unmute you. You're good. Yeah, I didn't do you're it. You're fine. It's fine. It's, <laughs> nobody cares. People are used to it at this point. Texas LL is coming back. That's the buzz on Twitter. That is the buzz on Twitter. It's the buzz elsewhere. I, I, I'm assuming most people are going to be excited about this if it happens. I, I think there will be a little bit of hesitation. I mean, we had the texter a, a few days ago who was like, is this not a situation where you just kind of want to get rid of everybody? Where it's it's just, you know, if you're starting from scratch, let's really start from scratch. Um, and Mike James is a guy who played 
and got better as time went on. I think Ellis was easy. He was an easy scapegoat for a lot of people last year because he had the ball in his hands so much. Having said that, it's not like he was a perfect offensive player. It's not like all the good that he did outweighed the bad. He was reckless with the ball far too often. He did, And it got better as the year went on, I should say that. But he did, on key possessions, just throw it eight rows in the stands too often. Um, and, and a lot of the live ball turnovers that he committed led to really easy baskets for the other team on the other end. And then, like I said earlier, the, the defensive issues were were glaring. Um, the effort just wasn't there defensively. Uh, and that's if, – if our identity is going to be defense moving forward, which is what Kenny Payne has said, he's going to have to pick it up there. Uh, and if not, it's just not going to work. But I'd welcome him back, but I would also try to stockpile a roster of guards that would make it known to him, like, the bench is going to be a motivating factor this year. And that goes for everybody. Like, we played – I think something that drove people crazy last year, you, Scoots, you and I were talking about the lack of effort at times last season, and it didn't change the lineups. The same guys that were giving this lack of effort that Kenny Payne was calling out by name sometimes after games were still playing 30, 35 minutes, sometimes 40 minutes uh, every single time out. And that just, you know, the old Bobby Knight quote, like the, the biggest motivator in, in sports is the bench. Like just use it. And hopefully you have a roster next year where you feel like you can't use it uh, if that's going to wind up happening, if LS does come back. But... We'll find out. So I just had a major revelation. Okay. I texted into this show probably seven, eight months ago asking about the squeaking sound, which yes. I had always assumed mic. was the door, but it's your mic. It's this mic. It's the, it's this one that goes yeah. up and down and we haven't, it doesn't do it all the time. It only does like this, but we it's only this one. And I've never had, there was a brief period where I had to use it a few months ago and that's when the squeaking was happening. And then we got... They keep changing the mics around here, but like we, we, the one that I typically use, the one that's closest to me, it was working for a while, and then it just stopped working. Uh, this one's broken. That one stopped working, and so Calvin came in here a few months, a few weeks ago, and was like, "The red one's the only one that works. It's the only, <laughs> only one that sounds good." And it's, of course, it's the one that's farthest away from me, so I have to like lurch it over the whole <laughs> table to get it over here. And yeah, that, that is what it what's, it's what makes the noise as the sirens sound again here. How are we looking? We're looking good. We're not going to die. No. I think we've got five minutes left I, in the original. Thing. I am not 100% sure I'm going to have a house when I go home, but... Yeah, you were kind of... It sounded like you were in the... There was a radar-indicated tornado headed right for my house, so fingers crossed. I, I've seen some videos of a nasty-looking shelf cloud with what looked to be a kind of like a, a swipe, slight little spiral uh, from right over the river from people who were downtown, so hopefully everybody's okay. Hopefully there's nothing... There's nothing bad going on. It's been a weird year for storms. Crazy year Already, and we're just now getting into storm season. I'm ready for it to stop. Uh, We still have severe thunderstorm warnings for a ton of counties, including Taylor, Mercer, Marion, Green, and Metcalf. I guess that's another storm that's coming this way. Uh, Awesome. And uh, let's see. A watcher warning has been issued for basically the entire area. We've still got Jefferson County is still under a thunderstorm uh, warning. Parts of it are, and then thunderstorm watch for the rest of the part for about five minutes here. So. We'll see. Stay safe, everybody. Yeah, it looks good now. Good. Good. Um, Trevor says Dave Winfield killed a seagull, seagull throwing a ball from the outfield. Is that true? I've never seen that one. I haven't either. You'd think that there'd be video, right? That seems like the type of information, though, that would retain in Trevor's brain. Trevor would remember that. Yeah. Trevor would, Google does not finish that. The, the, today in Blue Jays history, yeah, Dave Winfield kills, kills a seagull. He threw a ball that hit a seagull. Wait, today? Like literally today? No, it was August 4th, um, oh. 38 years ago. 
So about 40 years ago. And I guess there's no video of it. I'll tell you one. Oh, this is his manager, Billy Martin, said that's the first time Winfield's hit the cutoff man all year. <laughs> that's brutal. Okay, so after the game, Winfield got arrested for causing quote unnecessary suffering of an animal. <laughs> he got, like what? He got taken to the police station. The team's owner paid his five hundred dollar bail to get him released. The next day, charges were dropped. The Crown Attorney said, it is, it is always a key issue to find criminal intent, and I am satisfied that there was none there. Oh, my gosh. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. <laughs> Before the police showed up, Winfield's teammates were teasing him about it. After, well, they weren't happy. Billy Martin said, I'll tell you one thing. When Toronto comes to town, New York next week, we're going to set their four to <laughs> We're going to get their four starting pitchers arrested. We're going to have somebody <laughs> call the police and say they were molested in the hotel. <laughs> <laughs> oh man i can't believe i've never heard that this is an insane story the seagull had an autopsy and they found that the seagull was not well before being hit by the ball which explains why it didn't avoid the ball they said that it would have died within the next couple of weeks anyway <laughs> the following winter winfield came to toronto and brought up brought a painting that he got someone to do with seagulls flying and a red maple left which he put up for auction it raised $32,000 for Easter seals. <laughs> this is hilarious. I no, Of course, Trevor's the only one who would know that story. This is the best sports story that you've never heard of? It is. It, it may be. And it was in the bottom <laughs> of the fifth inning. Winfield threw the ball that he was using back towards the dugout. So this wasn't like a live game action. He was warming up, doing the, the outfield thing. Yeah. Threw it back towards the dugout. Hit a seagull that just didn't move and killed it while between innings. Um, and and there was a whole bunch of debate over whether or not he did it on purpose. Yeah, that's awesome. That's insane. That's Once again, we keep saying awesome. I don't know if awesome is the right descriptor, but that's that's okay. It's a crazy story. That's no, an awesome story. Texas says, It's only one bird. They're still making them. <laughs> They're fine. They're everywhere. Texas, where I work, there have been geese for 10 years. There is goose crap everywhere, which is very unsanitary, and they chase people all the time. Oh, geese are mean as hell. Yeah, we got them in the parking lot of the hotel. Do you, we actually had a lady last weekend. <laughs> she checked out early because... One of them attacked her dog. I believe it. <laughs> I mean, there were when, when I worked at. If you ever seen, if you ever seen the building where like iHeart is, uh, is off Radio Row, off Newburgh Road. It's a huge building. They don't, they're not there anymore. They're downtown now. But when I worked there, like there were always geese everywhere. And there was one day where one of them, like, sat on the top of the building above the entrance mm-hmm. and would just follow. I think I did a video and like put it on Instagram. But like, it would just follow you. Like I'm, I run this place, and I was terrified it was just going to attack me. But they would like they they would stalk you to your car when you left the building, and it was just not. It, I'm not a fan of. I don't want them to die. I'm not advocating for what Dave Winfield may or may not have done, or what you did on the golf course. But I don't care for them. You know how to show them who's boss? Every now and then, hiss at them. Is that right? I'm telling you, they hate it. Hissing at geese? Yeah, like you know how they hiss? Yeah, hiss just like they do. They hate it. Oh, they honked. Well, but honk, when, honk. but <laughs> but when they're real close to you, they they'll do like a. <laughs> Kind of like a cat. Okay. I'll, they, I'll try that. They, they do not like it. Texas, I don't have kids, and I talk to children like they are adults. So twice I find myself I found myself in trouble for explaining concepts to my cousin. Uh, one, death. I said it was a peaceful and infinite nothingness. Two, I said communists sharing toys is an allegory. So she would say people aren't being communists when they don't share. <laughs> well, the kids got to learn sometimes. I don't know how... I, I, these are the things that I don't think about with kids. Like, I don't, I don't know how. So Virginia goes to a 
she she goes to the school where my mom teaches and it's they have like it, it's technically a religious school i guess um but it's not you I mean i feel like all preschools have like kids of like a bunch of my friends take their kids to the temple they're not jewish but they take their kids there and but there is like a they do like i think chapel once a week where they tell stories so Virginia out of nowhere has had a lot of questions about Jesus recently. Nice. Questions that are impossible. Like they had to, because Virginia, she's at that age. And she, I think more than most three-year-olds is super inquisitive. Like there's a whole lot of why happening in our classroom. And after the most recent chapel, they had to go like pull out one of like the assistant principals to answer her questions. Because they were like, we don't, I don't, I don't, I don't have the answers for it. Like she's asking these questions about like, did Jesus live here? Like, what, where is he now? Like, why you, you say he's still alive, but he died? Like, what's going on there? Like, I don't know. And they're like, the only explanation we give her is that he's he was a, alive a long time ago, and now he's alive in your heart. There you go. And she was like, like in my chest. Like, he's, there, there's like a little Jesus, and I was like, no, this is these are these are questions that I didn't think we'd have to answer for a long time. She's probably a little too young for Passion of the Christ, right? She's. Yeah. <laughs> Not according to the texture. Just take her right to that movie. Or Trevor's making out with people in that Passion of the Christ. That's crazy. Um, but yeah, we're we're already dealing with those types of. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know how to. I don't know how to answer that. Texas, okay. I don't know if you all agree on this, but I maintain we have a monsoon season. Also, Indian food sucks. I like Indian food. I'd be okay with a monsoon season, and I agree, Indian food sucks. I, if it's a monsoon season and it's going to pass soon, then like I'm fine with it. But I feel like we. I feel like our bad weather season, it lasts until, like, like we've had s- terrible tornadoes in, like, September and weather mm-hmm. in September and July. I remember there was a huge storm a couple of years ago. Certainly April has been bad a lot of times. I don't know. I mean, it just... It's it's pretty unpredictable. That's one of my favorite things about this area is... It's definitely you, unpredictable. You, you don't know what to expect with the weather. I have seen, like, there was a graphic that got put out there that was, like, highlighting every region of the United States as far as, like, I guess, heightened alert for tornadoes, like... And we are in a red area, mm-hmm. which is not. I mean, when I think when I think of terrible tornadoes tearing up towns, I still think more of like the Midwest and and all that. But I, I mean, it, it feels like it's happening. I mean, we've had we've a, had some a terrible bunch ones. around here. Yeah, Borden, Henryville, yeah, Southern Indiana, uh, Oldham County had one the other night. Borden. I guess we had some bad storms rip through uh, even Jefferson recently. Like not as bad as some of the other ones in Central Kentucky, but in, in Southern Indiana. But it's it's all over the place here. Texas, there was a funnel cloud in the air, but no touchdown apparently in Linden and St. Matthews. Y'all check on your people. That's that's where I am. Wow. Uh, Mary is okay. She, my, my, they were in the basement, my kids and uh, and my wife and my babysitter. And she's like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, we're okay. We're, we're fine. We're on the air. Turn us on. We'll talk more about the royal Wait, family. Wait, your, your babysitter's there the same, same time as your wife? That makes her a nanny. No. Still babysitter. Well. If she's there with your wife, she's a nanny. Is that what works? Yeah. Because, I mean, we both work at the house. Yeah. So she's at the house the entire... She, she, you, you can't call her a babysitter. Because <clears throat> I, I, I've been a nanny in the past. And if you're there with the parents, you're a nanny. But we don't help at all. Unless it gets, like, crazy. Like, we're working. Yeah, that's the point of a nanny. Okay. I thought nannies were just, like... We're there, but, like, they're kind of, like... You know, you're like no, helping, they watch, they you're watch the kids, clean the house. Yeah, whatever need. Well, she, we don't expect the, the, the nannies to clean the house. They're just watching the kids while we work. They get there. Hmm. We, I don't know how you would classify that then. I don't. It's because we have, we basically have three different ones throughout the week. We have one Monday through Wednesday who's been there since like Virginia was born. She's always been around uh, since like we started since basically since Mary's maternity leave ended the first time. And then Mary's mom comes down once a week and watches the kids. And then we have another um, a girl who's in, just out of college who's been with us for a couple of years. So, but like they get there at nine, and they leave at five, and we do the the job. And hmm. yeah, but it is it's, it's I guess technically not babysitter i don't know how but it's 
the person who watches our kids during the day. She's still at the house. We were yeah, I don't know what you would classify her. But not a babysitter, not a nanny. She's awesome. We love her. She's great. They're all great. Texas, I share the feeling of how silly it seems to watch someone else play a video game. I sent it to my son when he was doing it, and he replied with, you always watch people play sports, and oh, I bowed out. It's kind, man, of, it's kind of a good a response. Great rebuttal, yeah. Holy moly. I feel like video games are like are, are going... It's something that I never would have predicted. If you would have told me, like, growing up that video, professional video gaming was going to be a thing, and I'd be like, yeah, you know, maybe kind of like how professional cornhole is a thing, but mm-hmm. it's always just kind of still there on the periphery. It's, I feel like it's going to go mainstream when this next generation of kids gets older. And, like, because they, I mean, like, like my high school, Trinity, has, like, state championship teams and stuff now. There's, like, a whole state tournament. It's just something that I never would have predicted, competitive the, video gaming. The only thing about that argument would be that we can't play a lot of the sports that we watch. Like, you and I can't go out and hop in an NBA game and have any sort of success. Well, yeah, but, like, we can we can play the video game. We're just not as good as the people that are doing it for money. Right. Which, which I think is the same thing. Like, we, like we can play basketball. We can go to a gym and play basketball, but we're not going to be as good as LeBron. Right. And I think that's kind of the same thing. Like, you're watching, or I guess, but I guess the difference is people aren't just sitting down and watching, like, these professional competitions. They're watching people who are just average at it, but they think are entertaining. Like that to me is is where it's kind of different. Like you're just people will will spend two hours watching Kevin Durant play a video game because it's Kevin Durant playing a video game, and I just I never thought that would take off. I, I think we are living in one of the strangest times as far as every generation has their own thing yeah. that we're just completely unaware of what the other generation's doing. Like when we when you and I were growing up, if there was a huge huge happening, you knew every, like like when Who Wants to Be a Millionaire became a thing. Like, every generation was watching that on TV. And oh, they yeah. were going to work or they were going to school on Monday and be like, oh, my God, you the guy? You know, would you have he had taken the money? He had to call his dad on the $1,000 question. I can't believe he used the you know, <laughs> the, the, the lifeline there. Like, I, like, we all were doing the same thing. And now, like, I've got no idea. Like, there are millionaire YouTubers who you and I and most people listening have never heard of mm-hmm. who are, like, have been millionaires since they were 16 that every teenager in America knows of. Like Mr. Beast. I don't know who that is. He's um so basically Mr. Beast is me if I ever win the Powerball. Okay. Basically he just gives everybody everything. Like I, he's well, like he's that. just super giving, he's super rich. I have no idea how he even got rich, but he's been on YouTube for a long time. Everybody knows Mr. Beast. I I, I don't. <laughs> I, I don't know Mr. Beast. But like there are all these people out there that I just don't know. Like I saw Joey Wagner who I I love. He was putting together an event recently on on Instagram and he was like welcoming these guys into town for this big event. And it was four people who I'd never heard of. Like, just, it was like teenage dad or something like that. And I click on all four of their Instagram profiles. They've got like 5 million followers. I've never heard of these people. And it's just a, it's a whole entirely different world. I felt like when we were growing up, like we may have watched different things than our parents. We may have, you know, obviously had different just interests, but we were always at least aware of what everybody else was up to. I've got no idea what the kids are doing these days. And I guess like the... You know, adults are watching. You know, I say adult. I'm 38. Uh, the older generation, they're still watching like network TV and CSI and stuff like that. While we're more streaming generation. Yeah. But like, I don't know. Like when these kids get like kids aren't watching sports as much anymore. They're watching highlights on TikTok. They're what they're playing video games. They're doing. It's just all. I don't. I don't it's it's going to be a weird clash when we all become adults at the same time. I don't know. Um, Texture says, "You have women's basketball. Are we going to be okay? I don't know. I mean, I." I trust in Jeff Walls. I I think it's a little bit. I know people like to do the. 
if you had that same energy for Walls, you need to have it for Kenny Payne. I'm like, well, you know, Walls has has he's been he's won every an NCAA tournament game in every season that he's coached here, besides one, uh, and been to to what four Final Fours. Uh, he's earned a little bit more respect here. But I do think it's wild that he's got eight full roster spots to fill, eight scholarship spots to fill. Many people are wondering if he can win the big one. Stop. Stop. <laughs> he should have won the big one in 2018, but he got screwed. Uh, speaking of the argument that Kentucky fans love to make, uh, we should say really quickly, Louisville baseball loses last night to Lipscomb 12-7. to uh, Second year in a row that the Cards have dropped a non-conference midweek game to Lipscomb. Uh, they just could not get the pitching there. The midweek pitching has been kind of an issue all season long, besides the Cincinnati game a couple weeks ago where they blew them out. Uh, allowed a season-high 12 runs. Cards, the bats were good enough, but the, uh, the, the arms were not. And that's it's losing midweek games is not a gigantic cause for concern. It's sort of a weird deal in college baseball where you're not throwing your best players. You're not, sometimes you're mixing and matching lineups. But it is concerning to me because we heard Dan McDonald on Monday night on his coach's show on 970 WGTK say, I don't bring up past results a whole lot. But I did make it a point to let these guys know Lipscomb came in here and they embarrassed you last year. Um, let's make sure that doesn't happen again. Like he kind of circled this game a little bit and they still go out there and they lose 12 to 7. And this is on the heels of them dropping back to back ACC series, dropping two out of three against Notre Dame and then NC State. Huge chance for redemption this weekend, though. This team seems to play the best when the lights are the brightest. They will play Boston College three times. Uh, they're actually going to start that, that series tomorrow. It's not the traditional. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, first pitch tomorrow is going to be at 6 o'clock. And the Eagles are a top-10 team, so that would be a, a big-time deal to take at least two or three there and get back on the winning side of things. Uh, reminder again, Loose City tonight, to my knowledge, still on for their U.S. Open Cup match, second round against Lexington Soccer Club. The first-ever meeting between these two franchises. Here's hoping Loose City can get it done. And if you want tickets uh, for any Loose City match or season tickets, call 502-LOOSE-CITY or visit LooseCityFC.com. Dot com. Scoots, I've enjoyed it today, man. Thanks so much for filling Yeah, it was fun. Outside of the us losing power and feeling like we might die for Oh, that makes it interesting. It you, know, you never know what you're going to expect. I hope your house is still standing when you get home. Man, that'd be a real shame if not. Well, if it's not, we'll do something special for you tomorrow. Sweet. We'll make something happen. <laughs> uh, we are on the air from 3 until 4.30 tomorrow. We'll see you then. Everyone have a fantastic Wednesday night.